Welcome to Chicago's Bravest Stories. This episode brought to you by PSP Academy for your CPAT training. Follow us on social media, our Instagram and Facebook page at trainwithpsp.com. First of all, thank you guys for coming. Um, I want to introduce our guests. We have Jimmy O'Connell, retired firefighter. Or reti- start that again. Jimmy, Jimmy O'Connell, retired CFD paramedic off. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, this is what happens when you go on 40 no, hours. Hey, no more browns. No we, we can't do a fucking no podcast. This, this all summer. Is Mr. I'm busy Jimmy, all Jimmy summer. Assistant a, Deputy Chief Paramedic. Get it right. Paramedic. Well, as I'm saying it, I'm like, I'm like uh, how far do I go into the description uh, that people Chief, are going to understand? can you do my podcast? All right. Well, we have uh, Jimmy O'Connell and Danny Bauman. Thank you guys for coming here. Um, I tried to get through the introduction, but that didn't go very well because uh, we're drinking whiskey in the studio right now. So (laughs) we tried. Some of us are. (laughs) Well, some of us are just beer drinkers, I guess. huh? There you go. So, Mm. yeah, thank you guys again. Um, We'll start with you, Jimmy. Uh, Can you give us a little uh, background? Sure. Uh, Jim O'Connell, almost 38, 37 and a half years on the fire department as a paramedic. Kind of climbed the ranks all the way up to assistant deputy chief. And uh, I guess that in, entails running half the city's EMS for that 24-hour tour of duty. I remember when you came up north, I was in Uptown. And yeah. I remember you were coming up and uh, I n- I'd never met you, never even heard of you. And then uh, I asked uh, my partner Fred, I'm like, and he's like, you're going to love this guy. <laughs> and then... Uh, Later on that night, you showed up. With, uh, I think you met us up at Weiss Hospital. You had flip-flops on your T-shirt. And I was like, Fred, I don't know who this guy is, but some guy's getting out of the buggy. He's got flip-flops on. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's your boss. <laughs> I have no recollection of the flip-flops. I deny that statement. For the, for the record. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I guess things are going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I got talked into going to the north side from... Uh, by uh, Tom Bailey, and uh, who's just a great chief, great guy, and he said, uh, <laughs> he, he said, Jim, you know, I don't get along too well with a lot of people. He goes, but I only got a few years left, and I think we could do some really good things if I go to the west side and, and you're the boss. So why don't, you know, think about coming up to the north side, and I had never been north of 39th Street. So that that's why you came up north? That's why I came up north. I don't think that many people actually know that story. Yeah, it was uh, it was strictly Tom Bailey, and you know they had moved Field Division South from where it was at Sixty One's house, which was one of my favorite places in the world, to Engine Sixteen's house, and it was not the same. So I was looking for a great house to be in for my last few years, and so was Tom, and uh, so uh, it worked out great. I got to spend so many great years at Engine Forty Four's house. What a so awesome place! What what year did you come on? I came on St. Patrick's Day of 1980, so I came on the week after the strike ended in 1980. Did the, the how did the strike affect you coming on? Oh well, it was it was pretty brutal because you know I was a 20 year old kid, and every firehouse you walked into every morning, someone was saying, "Hey, look at this scab or look at this new kid." And, they assumed you worked the strike, and where I was working was all, the whole district was pretty much out on strike. So every day you'd walk in the firehouse and they'd say, 
they'd look at you sideways and then they'd say, in or out? And you, meaning, in, did you work the strike or come on after or, or, or go out on strike? And I would say, after. And they'd say, ah, oh, you're full of shit. You know? And then uh, I actually found, I, I met a friend of my father's, who, who Don Gepner from Engine 61. And every single day I would say, call Gep. You have to call Gep. And, and so they would get on the marshal line and call Engine 61 and say, this Jim O'Connell kid's over here. He says he just got on the job now. You had to be vouch- vouched for. Every single day. Yeah. And they would feed you, you know, and they wouldn't feed you until they got that that verification. Gepner, that's Grumper? Don, Don and Gepner, oh, yeah. yeah. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he was at 86's house when Marjorie was over there. No, that's somebody else. No. No, this guy spent a whole career on 61. On a, did he really on 61? Yeah. And this is Gepner. Gepner. Don oh. Gepner. I think that's... All right. He got blown off a dumpster in about 1994. That was, <laughs> that was his last day on the fire department. <laughs> he was standing on top of a dumpster hose and it down and poof, No kidding. Yeah, blew him right off the Whoa. dumpster. So, um, Danny, tell us about uh, your career. What, what year you come on? Come on. <laughs> I was going to like, get this big long silence and be like, yeah, that's about it. Uh, yeah. Take yeah, another sip of whiskey and tell simple. us all about your. Came out in 93, uh, November 15th, or 16th, excuse me. Um, we had a class of 12. Medics. You came on as a paramedic. I came on as a paramedic, yeah. I was, uh, became a paramedic in 83 um, and uh, worked my way through college on the privates, working with my dad. Um, and then uh, I met a lady who was already on the job, and she's like, oh, you should, you know, put your name on a list. I, I was, you know, dad said I'd go to medical school, you know, and uh, and so, and this is a, a joke that between us that we still live today. One day she told me that she wasn't going to wait for me to go to med school. To go through medical school. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, well, I guess I really don't have much of a choice. So I put my name on a list. Uh, I got called a couple of years later, and uh, <clears throat> turns out what she meant was she wasn't going to wait for me to marry her. Oh, to go to medical school until I got done with medical school. So I actually could have gone, but anyway, I didn't. And I'm actually happy that I didn't because I'm I, I've had a great career. Really, really enjoy it. Came out in '93. I was a, like a fourth district reliever when I first came out. So I went. I did a lot of a lot of running around. Um, I spent my first three months on Ambulance 23 with Jimmy Thorpe great guy i learned a ton of shit from him uh learned how to treat people right learned how to have fun while you're working you know um and uh and how not to take everything you know home with you you know he was he was there for you know 15 years or whatever since you know before i got there what a great guy oh my god he showed i mean he's, and still to this day i still hang out with him we go out golfing and he's still a great guy um, and then I did a little relieving, you know, out south and stuff like that. As a reliever, they would just send you everywhere. This um, is all as an FPM. As an FPM, yeah. <clears throat> and so then uh, it they was it I think it was what was it ninety four or ninety five that we all went switch shifts shifts ninety four. So, so when you got on, it was it, I was a it was twenty four on. It was still a three platoon system. Okay, I was on a second shift, so I was always working with the same people. 
which was really, I thought at the time was great because you always knew the guys you were working with. It was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, you would walk, you know, you would, you'd get out of the ambulance and, and there, a company would show up or be around you or whatever. And you, you knew who they were. They knew who you were and you kind of knew, you know, they knew what to, to expect of you. You knew what to expect of them. You know, back then it was really much, pretty much nothing, but you know, it's the, they were there to help you if you needed it. Um, but we, we never asked them to come because, yeah. because then you had to live with that, you know? So right. we just, we just tried to, because back then there were no, there were no animal assist companies. There was no, you know, first responder companies. There was none of that going on. So it was just the ambulances by themselves and uh, you know, engines and truck companies. They did firework and they never, they didn't mess with us unless we needed manpower help. And we would call them, and, and they would come and help us out. So every, the two man stretchers, two man stretchers, which were <laughs> a son of a gun. I mean, yeah, you know, it's thank God I had like a nice, a nice wide, wide reach. <laughs> right. I'd be working with all these little girls, you know, and stuff, and I'd be like, "Hey, stand over there by the head, just hold your arms wherever you can." And I would like reach, I'd pop it, and we, you know, we pop the stretcher down and let everybody out. But it was a lot of yeah, a lot of lifting. It was uh, it was crazy. Was that because they were busy? The fire companies were busier back then, or was it just? Well, you know, the fires. I think fires were more frequent, but the, the program no. wasn't it wasn't started at the time. No, no there was. They didn't was, even have a program like that. There were there was no ambulance assist program. No, oh. you went out. They had a first. What was it called? First responders. I mean, was for, that what, it, what they were called? Or they they they, made they didn't like even BLS? do first responders until what like was 1989 or something. How how far along was EMS when you guys were? Horse drawn, uh, horse drawn <laughs> carriages. Uh, bring well, out your dad. Bring, you know, like, it was kind of like that. Yeah, I, um, my well, my dad was a fireman and uh, had a heart attack in seventy or something like that. Had one of the first cabbage operations, and uh, they wouldn't put him back in a fire company. And so he he sat in the bureau for a couple of years, and then Commissioner Joyce asked him if he wanted to go back on the twenty four hours, and he said sure. And uh, he said, doing what? And he said, you'll be a supervisor of the ambulances. So he, like in 71, they gave him, he didn't even have a car. He drove his own car. He, they, they changed his, he was a captain, uh, EMS. Mm -hmm. And uh, he drove his own car from firehouse to firehouse. He had no response duties. And he did that until like 74 or something like that. And they finally got him a buggy. <laughs> and then he died in 77. So it was, so when the Vietnam guys came back, that's kind of when it all started, the ALS stuff. Is that the CETA program? The CETA, the CETA right. program started shortly thereafter, allowed them to, to educate up, and um, which again was kind of a joke. But, but again, in like, you know, like if you see like the trends in EMS, they're, they're all pretty much based off of military medical treatments in, in, in the field. You know, so after Vietnam, they're like, hey, this stuff worked out there. Why can't it work in, in, the, in the city proper? Yeah. You know, and so I can understand why they, you know, why they, that, that developed. But I mean, in the beginning it was, you know, you only, you only, from what I heard, I wasn't there in the beginning, obviously, but from what I heard, they only took people that were on the street. They didn't go into people's homes. Really? You know, oh yeah. They wouldn't. They, if, First if, they were all for firemen. Right. Ambulances were just for firemen. Just for firemen. Initially. And then they would, then they. It was for civilians, but only right. on the street. Only on the streets. So nobody in a fire company back when you guys started were EMTs or anything. No. Like oh my that. god, no, no. Okay. none of them were. And if they if they were, I mean, there's like a couple guys that were like ex medics, you know, or whatever that you know went out and, and became firemen, but they were not actively though. being. Okay. They weren't actively acting as they weren't acting as medics on, on their on their fire. They didn't have any equipment, and there was no one there when I started. 
there was no there was no medical well just so expertise. everybody knows who's listening now when you come on as a fireman you have to complete your EMT training as part of a condition of employment you can't if if you don't get it if you don't get through that EMT part you can't continue on you can't you can't get go to the Quinn from Fire Academy South to, if you don't that's EMT B even. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. not like they're not even requiring you to be a medic. Right. Whereas a lot of a lot of suburbs, I mean, they you, want you to be a medic. They'll obviously. hire you, but with the stipulation that within a year or two years, whatever the time frame is for them, that you obtain your a paramedic license. Otherwise, you're fired. And there are suburbs out there still that uh, you don't need your EMT. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Uh, I well, I don't want to. They'll have a rush of guys going over there. What a job! What a job! Yeah, but uh, just for a conversation, uh, Cicero, Harvey, places like that. Yeah, but they don't they have uh, private companies like PSSI or whatever those Correct, guys are that, the, that run the, their EMS form. The, the firefighters on the fire suppression don't need any medical training. Well, uh, maybe first responder. Right where um, I, where I'm at, actually, I think they just. I want to say this last list, they just require guys to be EMT starting. <laughs> Way to charge on. Oh, yeah. Move yeah, into the future. Had the, uh, had the curve <laughs> yeah, but, there. But that's starting. Awesome. Um, but we do so have, they have to be EMTs before they get hired. Before they get hired, correct. Yeah. Now, that, that's that's even better. That's even more advanced than what, what the city of Chicago's right. done. The city of Chicago right. is willing to like train you for three months to be an EMT. They're, they're not requiring you to be one before you come on, which is, I think, I think something you might see in the future, because I mean it's costing the city. It's totally political. Yeah, like you were well, saying, and uh, but it's but it's costing them. I mean, they're they're paying you for three months to learn how to be an EMT when you can go and take like a you know a, a whatever how many ever week course on your own and do it and come in already ready just to be trained as a fireman and go. Well, if, we, you know? if we if we really want to get into it, uh, my no, co- we don't. <laughs> but, but three three, my, sure yeah, three, three of my cousins are suburban suburban firemen, and yeah. uh, before you got on uh, to the various places that they work at, you either had to be a full blown paramedic, you had to have your CPAT card, which was the mm-hmm. uh, physical agility test right. that the IAFF backs and the IAFC and all these uh, other organizations back. Uh, and uh, my one cousin had his fire two already. So they sent him to paramedic school, but he had his fire two and the physical agility. Uh, and then uh, my other cousin had, he had to have his paramedic, his fire two already and the physical agility test just to sit for the test. Wow. Right. Yeah. And, and so again, you're really like taking, a like, these... as a suburban fire chief, when you get that list, you're you're taking the best off that top of the list. Absolutely, the yeah. best of the hundred or whoever right, tests. Right, right. That simplifies it for everybody. Yeah, and I mean, to a point, it's to a point, it's I'm sure fiscally responsible for these villages or cities or whatever, because like they don't have to spend the extra buck to, to send a guy to the academy or whatever. But I mean, I think what it lacks, like you know, like maybe you guys had was you guys had a had a crew of guys you went through the academy with you learned all the same right. stuff the the it's, city way or this is how we do absolutely. things yeah absolutely and it was like well i learned this and right where yeah you're yeah. all on the same page when you leave mm-hmm. jimmy where did you start like when you came out of the academy where'd you go i went right to uh uh 38 actually which was over by university of chicago um but you know at the time there was 39 ambulances so 
Um, 38 was in the projects the whole, yeah. all the time. You know, all Dan Ryan projects were there, and 36 was never there. And Right. So we, you, it's st- same structure. You came on as an FPM, and who was... Would you work with when you came on? No, oh, I worked with I worked with, <laughs> Good I worked with the great Jill Bomash. Yeah, she was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> she was she was the anti Jim. I mean, she was we were, <laughs> we were we were polar opposites. You know, she was this short little Jewish girl, like incredibly smart and and just ridiculously hardworking and and very caring and loving and she was amazing. And you know how we talk about when you get when you're when you're you're gonna get an airway, and you're gonna you're gonna intubate somebody. You had 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Jill was Jill was always like, "Are you ready to try? Are you ready to try an intubation?" Because she was like ridiculous at it, phenomenal. And I'd say, "Yeah, I'm ready." And she goes, "Okay, you don't have 15. You have 10. 10 <laughs> seconds. Then it's my airway. Get the hell out." And she was great. She taught me so much about being a medic. And you know, I came out that like you know, like everybody else, a hot shot. We right. thought we were, you know, I, I was educated at University of Chicago, <laughs> and it was all bullshit because she taught me so much. About it. How long was your academy? Really? Yeah, five days. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Danny? Uh, three months. Yeah, yeah, it was three months long. Well, ours was after the strike, so it was, uh, the, yeah, the they, strike happened. They had a and, need, you and, know, and they had to get people out. Yeah, it was probably right away. It was a mess. It was it was a mess. Would you so tell me about those five days? What'd you do in five days down at the academy? But you know what, we filled out paperwork, yeah, and, and we got you know. So there was there was sixteen guys um, who had worked the street during the strike, and there was thirteen of us who did not. Mary Sheridan and uh, Tom Rowley and a handful of a handful of others. And um, one day, the EMS coordinator comes in and she says, "Okay, all the people who." Have already been who have never worked the strike. You you guys sit over here, and all the people who have already been working the street. You guys sit over here, and we're making you field chiefs. And most of us, <laughs> and, and most of us were families of firemen, or you know, like like my like my family. We we brought food to the guys on strike in our firehouse in the neighborhood, and and Tom Rowane was the same, and his father, and all this. So a few people yelled out. When she said, all you people have already been working the street over here, yelled out scabs and all this other stuff. Within your class? <laughs> Within our class. Oh, and she threatened that's to fire something. us all right there on the spot. It was, it was, <laughs> and we'll, I have, think we'll have none of that. That may have been part of the reason we're like, we got to get these people out of here, you know. <laughs> but the, but uh, the commissioner, uh, Albrecht, call, I, got, I got pulled out of class, and uh, Albrecht, uh, he goes, yeah, I hear you. So you're, uh, you're Jim O'Connell's kid. And I said, "Yes, sir." I'm looking sideways at him, like, "How? What is this? What, where is this coming from?" <laughs> and he said, uh, "Yeah, well, you're. Uh, I worked with your father when he was a fireman." He goes, uh, "We didn't want to bring you in here during all this nonsense with the strike, and so that's why you're coming in now." And I was like, "Well, thanks very much. I mean, uh, it was it was a cool yeah, thing to no do, kidding. you know." And and never really realizing until I got out in the street how, how wonderful a favor that is because, man, if, if, at least in the area where I went to. Oh, absolutely. If you, were, if you worked a strike, it was, it, was a, it was a terrible day for you every yeah. day. Really? For, for a long time, for years. Yeah. It, was a, it was a tough day. So when you, so you took the promotion to PIC, and then where did you go? I, I floated in the 6th District for a year. I sat on almost 50. 
one of our all, everybody's favorites. <laughs> and then uh, I liked it so much. Well, people get mandatory to that ambulance. Right. In fact, I think I did too. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> I spent a week there one day. Yeah. Because the guy I was working with was a, was a, he was a, he was a crackhead. And, and, and uh, he, he, yeah, they, they, uh, he got fired, thank God. But I, I got day. stuck with him. It was, yeah, it was terrible. Like my field officer, Tom Murphy, was like, ah, oh, Jimmy, they love you over there. Those guys, you know, all those firemen, Frankie, all these guys, they love you. We're going to keep you over there. And I'm like, but I hate this guy. I'm working, man. I <laughs> hate this guy. Get me the fuck out of here. Can you do me a favor? And it was it was so bad. That's when I put in for Amos 55, which was at 47th house. Yeah. And, and, uh, that was the, where our last guest went. Jeff Rich. He, yeah, Jeff Rich. Yeah. He was one of my guys. Oh, really? Yeah, he See, was one of my guys. See, comes full circle. Hmm. What about you, Danny? When you took the promotion, where'd you go? Uh, they sent me to 44. Yeah, Amos 44. And I was there for probably about... I don't know, a couple of weeks. I just had a baby second. And so I needed to get on an opposite. My, you know, the old lady, oh, excuse me, <laughs> my wife, my lovely wife was working. Lovely wife. Yes. My, my, my lovely bride, Hi, Margie. my lovely bride, um, was, uh, was on the job and she was on, on a, on a fourth platoon. So I needed, I needed to get on a second platoon somewhere. And so, uh, a vacancy came out right away. And so I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I got to put in for something. She goes, yeah. And nice. you were both PICs at the time? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and so ambulance 10, I mean, I was on, I was on 10 when we, when we went to the four platoon system, I, I was assigned to 10. I, I put in for it and I, I got 10, of, of course. You could have not put in for it yeah, and got 10. You know, when you're at the bottom of the total pool, <laughs> right. that's where you get. But you know what? I liked it there. The guys, everybody that we worked with was, was great there. Um, all the reliever, the PICs that I worked with, they were, they all had the same attitude and everybody had a, had a we all had a, a lot of fun while we were working out there. You know, you're getting your head kicked in every day. You know, so you had to, you know, find the fun in it, you know. Um, all the firemen were great. They're very supportive. Uh, we were out running all day long. If we were out and, you know, and, and, and we missed dinner or whatever, they'd, they'd either leave it hot for you on a stove or they'd bring it to you if they had to run with you, you know, and, they'd, and they'd meet you out there and they'd bring you your plates, you know. So it, it, was, a, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, I felt comfortable there. And uh, so, yeah, I put in for 10. And I got, I got a chance to work with Patty Wood, which, I mean, we clicked right away. And we were partners for for ten years, and then I, then I crossed. You guys over. were partners for ten years. No, no, no. I'm sorry, five years. Oh, me. it just seemed like ten. <laughs> <laughs> no. Our, uh, what sorry, was this sorry, about, Patty? You yeah, no. She knows what, what Corey. How? What year was this about? Ninety six, ninety seven. So, so then, so we were working. We were working together. She was just like a new a new, a new FPM there, and she had no partner. So. uh I put in for it. I, I actually, I called up and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to speak to the FPM. She answers the phone. And I'm like, you know, hi, I, I'm thinking about putting in for 10. She goes, why? <laughs> I says, well, I was there before. I says, and, uh, you know, I said, but, you know, I'm a you know, like new, new baby and I need to be on an opposite shift. She's like, oh, okay, fine. You know, so, and I actually had a student. Okay. I, had, I had a student uh, with me the the first day that I, that, that I went there. And, uh, hey, hey, Mark, Mark Smith. Um, and, uh and Mark and Mark and I had been had been working, you know. He had been my student for, you know, several months, you know, for the summertime, uh, and near the end of the summer is when when I got a chance to go, to go to ten. I, I transferred over to. So he came with me the first day, and we went through the entire day. And and at the end of the day, he asked Patty and I oh, how long we we'd been working together. And I said, I'm like, we just met. He goes, 
He goes, hey, that's that's crazy. He goes, you guys, y'all got <laughs> oh, the that mark. Mark, mark, the Scottish mark. Oh, yeah. Mark, with the brogue. And he's like, I, he goes, I, I thought you all worked together for about 25 years. And I'm like, yeah, well, it seemed like that, you know. So, so yeah, we, we hung together for, for five years. I got uh, I got the call for, uh, um, you know, to cross over as a fireman. And then I, uh, I I ditched it and went the other way. So, and I've been on that side ever since. It's been It's been pretty good. Okay. And you, how long have you been a lieutenant now? Uh, since 2015. Okay. Okay. So four years, and I've been at uh, at Truck 36 since then. So it, it's been it's been a great uh, a great opportunity for me. I'm loving it out there. When we had Father Tom on here, we um, we were talking about um, some of the, like the memorable incidents within Chicago Fire Department in particular. Um, were either of you at E2? Were you, were you no, I was no. not. I saw that crazy shit on TV, day. though. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm glad I'm on this end. <laughs> that was insane. What position were you in during that? I was a field officer, so I was 458, and uh, my my relief, uh, Steve Fugai, was there. Yeah, what did he What did he say about it? Yeah, it was one of those things he didn't talk too much about. Yeah? Yeah, he, he just said, Jimmy, you just, it's just awful. Just nothing you can say. You wouldn't have believed it. If you talked to you wouldn't have believed this. You didn't see it. Yeah, if you talked to anybody who was there, uh, you know who was there like in the beginning, it, it's something. It is. It's something they don't want to talk about. Well, and just, that says a lot because we talk to each other about we everything. Do. We do, and yeah. to have something that we don't want to talk about, that's that's really telling. Yeah, and I've been getting that reaction from a lot of people that that we've kind of been like shopping that question around. So. Um, for people who aren't that familiar with the E2, it was a, a nightclub. Um, um, I, I'm not... 21st in Michigan. 21st in Michigan? Yeah. And uh, there... Engine 19, truck 11, first there? S- yeah. Something about um, somebody got maced originally, and then uh, basically what happened is a stampede happened in this nightclub, and people couldn't get out of the front door, and they were stacked on top of each other. So there basically was a wall of bodies, and they couldn't get these people out from underneath the pile, and people were dying, and ambulances were showing up, and people were just being tossed into ambulances, and it was such, from the stories that I've heard, it was just like one of those unbelievable scenes. They they, they couldn't get, they couldn't manage it from the initial get-go. Like, it was unmanageable. uh, I believe the uh, initial ambulance... Came for something completely, yeah. an asp- or an asthma, asthma or shortness yeah. of breath. Yeah, That's what they were dispatched yeah. for, and then they're like, "What?" Anybody really? know who that may have been? I think Peter, was, Peter I think was, Lazara. Yeah. Peter Lazara. Oh, Pete was the first there. Really? No kidding. I don't know if he was the first there, but I know he was one of the uh, first arriving yeah. units. He Congra- and, he and, oh, and by the way, congratulations, Pete! Congratulations! You just, you just retired oh. yesterday. What? Last day, just walked out. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. He done. Uh, just walked out. He yesterday. gone. Pete was uh, one of Corey and I's uh, yeah. paramedic instructors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what a great! Isn't he great? Oh, yeah. he is. Uh, and one of the best teachers ever. Too. Uh, amazing right. teacher. And the funny thing, or not funny, but his background. He went to college. I believe he played college basketball. Correct. But he got a degree. Not very well. He'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he uh, taught, and I, I believe he taught at Gordon Tech. Right. Yeah, so he was a high school teacher uh, uh, teaching boys, 
And then he got into the paramedic field, and then he now he's teaching a bunch of idiots like right. Corey and I. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, it suited him. Boys, oh, just man. more of the Boys same. Boys that can drink. Yeah. But, just more of the same. Yeah. 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 We're just a little older now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but man, what a great instructor! What a great teacher! What a yeah, good oh, man. man. Good man. Awesome dude. So awesome he dude. he he kind of told you about it a little bit. Uh, yeah. So Pete, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're retired. <laughs> I, I actually just shot a message. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, hey, you know what going along with like some some mass casualty stuff? I can I ask you guys? Were either you guys around? I'm, I'm looking at some stuff. Um, looks like there was a big uh, um, there was a big flood from a the Chicago Tunnel Wall breach in like '92. Sure, Does that downtown. sound at all? Yeah. yeah. They were throwing mattresses yeah, in there yeah. to try to stop the water. That's an old my, World my War II <laughs> trick. Yeah. My yeah. father-in-law was a water department supervisor, or uh, sewer, sewers, oh. I'm sorry, sewers. Yeah, he had his hands full. Yeah. He, yeah. And did not like other people's that wasn't a That wasn't a big uh, EMS event. That wasn't no, a big fire department it event. Was, that was yeah. more, that was well, more what, like what's, a, what's one of your most memorable events working yeah. with Jimmy? Oh, you got God. any that, that come to mind? Well, I mean, Good, bad, ugly? Like, Well, obviously... Um, Corey Ankum and Eddie Stringer was hmm. as bad as it gets. Um, I was in the academy. Yeah, I was on. The, I was there. Um, I mean, you name it. I mean, I, I spent the. In fact, how how I met Danny was. Um, I spent a summer doing all the special events for the city. Remember Danny and, and right. uh, this this dude rides up on a bike and we start. <laughs> we start talking and. So you did all the special events as a chief. Yeah, they yeah. took they took me off the streets. Yeah. Yeah, they took me off the street the whole summer. I worked every single special event at Grant Park. So everything from you know, and all, way, all the way through, all the way through Venetian Night and uh, and the Air and Water Show. So and that's that's how I met Danny. And uh, you know, he was he was really in charge of, uh, or had a big hand in the bikes at the time. And so it was, uh, yeah, we got we we hit it off instantly, just like you know, like we like we did. Um, so all those things, you know, the two million people at the uh, at the Fourth of July celebration, you know, trying and the to, shooting and the, yeah, shooting. the shooting there, yeah, right. Well, ba- back in the day, it was two weeks. The Taste of Chicago, yeah, it was, yeah. A long it was time, forever. Yeah. It was two weeks because I remember when I when I first forever. started doing the bikes, we would go down there forty hours, mm-hmm. and we'd ride all day. You know, it's it's always middle of July or you know uh, end of June, beginning of July. Then you'd have time to go home. You know, you you got to get there at seven. You're going home like you get home at you know midnight, eleven o'clock. Wash your stuff, grab something to eat, and then you're back. And you do that for two weeks, and it, it was a brutal grind. And yeah. the the shooting was after the uh, fireworks show, right? Correct. Yeah, it was right around Buckingham Fountain. So, uh, it was insane. We had one of our fellow classmates was uh, riding on the ambulance that year. Oh yeah. How many people yeah. were shot? Just one. Just one. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, we had we had a stabbing there once, at, uh, right at uh, right at uh, Queens Landing, mm-hmm. and uh, we had an ambulance. We had we had uh, the person crashing in the back of the ambulance right at Queen, Queens Landing, and there were so many people. It was the third of July, and so yeah. all the people were going to the lakefront for right. the fireworks. They're all walking across Lakeshore Drive, they yeah, couldn't, couldn't move the ambulance. That patient, oh no shit, the patient died right in the ambulance. Yeah, and by the time they got enough police, where over was there, he stabbed? Like he, said a queen, he said a Queen's Landing. <laughs> yeah. <said>. Queen's Landing? <laughs> right in the Queen? Wow. 
I was, I was going to make like a city traffic will kill you sort of joke, but that was way better, way better than the dumb joke I was going to make. What, uh, what about do, you, Danny? We, any, any, what's memorable? There's a, ah, gosh, there's, you know, I had a, uh, as far as like, like mass stuff? No. Yeah. Anything. Oh my God. Oh, Anything. I, gotta, it, I mean, it's called Chicago's Raver Stories. Shit, there's a whole bunch. Lay one on us, Danny. Give us... <laughs> There's a whole bunch. We got take a I mean, take a big sip out of there. Let's see. All right, hold on. Back. Hold on. I, I, I can oh tell boy. you a couple. Hold on. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> let's get him a refill. Here, Danny. So let's see. By ice? the way, this is our first drinking podcast. You want more ice? No, that's fine. Thank it's you. not. I, I'm, light a, I'm a neat drinker anyway. Yeah. Uh, did I did I fuck that up? Then? No, you didn't. It was, it was actually Chief, very Chief, good. how you doing on that beer? I'm good. All right, so let's see. I'm tired. Stop it. There's 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 one time I was at, uh, I was a new PIC. So remember, I was I was uh, assigned to Ambulance Forty Four, and uh, uh, Dama Glennon was 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 assigned there with Sarah Goose. So nobody got to work there because those girls didn't let anybody do anything. That was their place. They did their job. So I, being being assigned there also as a PIC, got sent out. So it was New Year's New Year's Day. And I was working at uh, at Ambulance Forty Three with uh, Paulie Goodman, and who had been there forever, knew the streets, knew everything. He was a great and a great medic, and 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 he's a guy that I don't think ever you saw complain once or didn't have a smile on his face. He was always always happy. So we get a call. It was a real quiet day, you know. So we we get this call um, to uh, you know. Um, like it was like a down from the unknown cause kind of thing, but you know they were what it what it had turned out to be was was somebody called for um, they had a, a a day a date to meet somebody um, for 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 brunch that day you know and uh, they had made that that date you know way back in you know the, the, the year before and uh, and so these these people like went to the house and nobody was answering the door sort of like there's something's wrong you know so they call for a fire company. You know, to come in and do forced entry, they call for an ambulance just in case. And then the field chief came by with with us too, because it was just kind of like unusual, you know. Well, the fire company they, they put a, a you know the, the aerial up to the second floor window. It was a townhouse on somewhere out there in Lincoln Park, and uh, and this guy he's looking through a bedroom. And he can see like through another doorway into like this this into the living room of this of this townhouse. He could say he could see these two sets of legs on on, on a uh, laying on a couch. He goes. Yeah, they're all black. He goes, I, I, I think this person's probably dead. And she, she was like, you know, dead or decomposing. He's like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, now we know what we're dealing with, you know. So they, they forced entry, went in. There's like a stack of mail all over, and we're met at the front door, right, by these two little dogs. These like little fuzzy dogs, you know, with like little sweaters on and stuff. So we're going like, oh, look at little dogs. So we're like petting the dogs, you know, and everything. We're going like, but you see like the stack of mail, and you're like, oh, this, you know, this person's been dead for a while. So. These friends, they like grab the dogs and they bring them in the car, you know, and they're like hanging out of their dogs. So we're like walking through the house. Well, now as we're walking through the house, we're, we're discovering that there's no water in the toilets, right? There's dog poop everywhere. And we're like going, uh-oh. I go, uh-huh. these dogs haven't been fed in a while. So we're like, we're like going... Well, let's go upstairs. So we like go upstairs. We gotta go. See, we gotta Here go find. We, go. we gotta go find our patient, right? <laughs> so we walk up the stairs, and they're like, "Walk up!" And Paulie's like ahead of me, right? So now here's this couch. You like you, you walk up these stairs. You make a you make a left turn, and there's like the living room. So there's this couch. Where the back of the couch is like facing you as you're walking towards these big windows. So Paulie like walks by the couch. And he turns around. And he's like, "Holy 
shit. He like jumps in the air. Like, I, honest to God, you're like, he would have, if he had claws, he would have been stuck to the ceiling. That's how high he jumped, right? And I'm like, Paulie, what's the matter? I go, I lean over the back of the couch and I look down. I'm like, I'm like, holy moly. I go, check this lady out. So here she is, the, the owner of the two dogs. She's laying there on the, on the, on the couch. She's like buck naked, but she's like the color of my work shirt. She's like completely like blue. She, she had been there for a long time. And her dogs ate her face off. She had no face. It was just a skull with teeth and eyes. And just looked like, it looked like like rawhide, like around, like the dogs had chewed, you know. And we laugh and so, about shit like well, this. I know, but it's like, it was unbelievable, you know. So I'm like going, I'm like, damn. I go, those little dogs did this? I'm like, man, thank God she didn't have Rottweilers. I go, there'd be nothing left of that poor lady. <laughs> dogs know? are mean. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm go hit you know, those so dogs. I'm like. So I'm like, so we're like, you know, we do our paperwork, we do everything. I call it in. I'm like, yeah, you know, she's, you know, obviously DOA. You know, she doesn't have a face. They're like, excuse me? Yeah, yeah, her dogs ate her face off. They're like, what? They're like, this is on the radio. You know, so it's like, it was unbelievable. So we get done with all our stuff. We're like, yeah, you know, the the, the friends wanted to come into the house. You know, we want to see her, we want to see her. I'm like, no, 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 we can't let you in there. I go, this is not the way you want to remember your friend, you know. So we're exiting the building and they they're it got their the dogs in the car and they're, they're driving away. And as they're driving away, I go, Don't fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> 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 they were uh it was yeah, that was an interesting run. And Paulie and I still talk about it today. It's every time I see him, he goes, he goes, You remember that run we had? I'm like, Paul, how can I ever forget that? <laughs> I can't forget a run like that. You know, and it's I mean Yeah, you had me at re. We yeah. remember. Yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. She, uh, and, and and so I was I was like interested in 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 her in her situation and like you know whatever and like so I I, I actually I had never done this before but I looked up her obituary in the paper like three days later and then she had like this whole like you know thing about how she was like you know involved with like you know uh you know anti-cruelty and stuff and it was like in little flowers you know send a donation to anti-cruelty i'm like, <laughs> no. I'm like man if anti-cruelty only if knew her only dogs did. Know. yeah right. right i don't think those dogs are adaptable yeah <laughs> sorry got once you get a taste flesh. right they have, yeah. like going, they, mm. they have the hunger now <laughs> you're, like, you're like stubbing your nose at the kibble and they're like going at your ankles <laughs> uh jim i'm supposed to ask you uh-oh uh, you want to get right into those? This is oh, going to yeah, be bad. Get right into yeah, I mean, this is going to be bad. Oh, uh, say you don't remember. Get, say you don't remember. Get into that. Real, real quick, Jim, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on something that you, but you just brought up earlier. Would you want to talk about anything about Aikam and Stringer with, uh, with that whole thing? Sure. You said you were there for that, or sure. What yeah. do you remember? What, that was your run, that? Jimmy. Yeah, it was my run. Uh, we had. I just. I showed up to work at five thirty, my usual, at Engine sixty one at Field Division South, and we had a fire right away, a plan at a fire in fifty first in May or something. So we were, you know, we were squared away and ready to go, and and we got right back to the firehouse, and um, we heard the first call come in from the battalion chief about a, I think it was about a collapse, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, uh, I told my partner Lisa Spring. Let's go, and we we just busted us. And that's that was one of the days I started driving. <laughs> started and, driving. Yeah. <laughs> I drove that. I drove that. I drove that goddamn buggy about a hundred miles an hour. I was there like in in two minutes or so. Seventy yeah. sixth and seventy fifth and uh, Stony and. Um, so for people who don't don't know, like you're in a buggy, you have a a paramedic who drives for you, right? And it. it 
on this particular call, you decided to drive yourself. Yeah, I just kind of, you know. The sense of urgency makes you, makes you, you know, I want to be in control. You you jump in and you do your thing. Yeah. yeah, and if you know if you if you know it as well as I do, then that's fine, you know. But there was no way she knew that neighborhood. I worked in that no. neighborhood my whole life. My whole, I, I'm, I'm, my, from the time I was 17, I worked in. I'm sure she that had no problem letting you drive to that run. Yeah. <laughs> she had no choice. Yeah, How'd it come into you? Pardon? How'd it come in? Well, we heard it over the radio before it came in. So we were, so yeah, we, Bill Boyle always said, Bill was the chief of the South Side. Always and he, listened to the radio. And he always said, you can't be in the game if you don't have the game on, guys. That's right. And mm. so, we, I mean, it was just something we always did. And I love. That is awesome. Isn't that great? Yeah, that is yeah, great. That's can't, a great quote. You can't be in the game if you don't have that's the game on, quote. guys. Mm. And uh, and it was a thing of mine anyway. I was always I was always listening to the radio. So we heard we heard the, the collapse come in, and then uh, so we just ran out. We ran out the door, and uh, um, so it was, you know, it was like they all are, you know, completely uncontrolled, just chaotic, just an absolute mess. And I'll tell you what, though. You can say a lot of things about a lot of people, um, but there was a guy there that day who was the incident commander initially, and uh, John McNicholas, and he he did a fucking great job. He was yeah. he was absolutely in control. He gave concise, direct orders. Um, he he really did a fantastic job on that run. It was, and under the absolute worst circumstances you can imagine. There were friends of his under that roof, you know, and it was, it was, he did a he and, uh, you know, I had a chance to tell him that a, um, a year or two ago and he, and he started crying. He said, nobody else, nobody's ever said that to me. And it was true. It was the, some of the best incident commanding stuff I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, it was a, um, mess. Yeah. yeah, it was a mess, but it was, you know, through it all, you know, you give it a few minutes and everybody starts to get a handle on it and, and you know we start figuring out what we have to do and where we have to go and where we have to assign people and and then you know and and that all gets done you know and then then the aftermath is that's what gets everybody that's what that's what got that's what got my partner and me and you know so a handful of others and, and uh it's just a devastating day i'll never forget my friend john hurley he was on truck 30 and that's where eddie stringer was a fireman for a long time and uh so we're in the middle of all this, and I'm just I'm walking down the front of the building, and and John Hurley's walking at me, and John John and I were on the ambulance together. We were next to each other for years on the ambulance, and now he's a fireman on that truck, and he had this look of just absolute horror on his face because he knew Eddie was in there, and and, he, and I think he had helped get Eddie out of there. But the look on on a dear friend of mine's face was just just brought tears to my eyes, you know. It was uh, just a, and then, a terrible moment. And then everybody, you know, you talk about um, everybody who, who, you know, the complications with, with getting, getting uh, Eddie transported because he got initially, the initial ambulance got stuck, got blocked in. So they had to take him out of the ambulance and put him in another ambulance. And, you know, the devastating effect that has had on the, on the personnel who had him initially. In their ambulance, and you know the that was the winter time too. So that it was the winter was, time. I mean, it was 
There's yeah. a lot of lot of a lot of difficulties and a lot of stuff that you run into. Yeah, when, right. When the weather's was, like you're that. right. There was snow all over the place. Yeah. And, and that's uh, what brought the roof down. I think it was the extra weight from the snow and all plus the rotted. Yeah. You know, like you know, joist members and, and it certainly wasn't fire. Roof. There wasn't a nickel. No, there was there was a nickel's worth of fire in there. Yeah. It, was, it was just a building collapse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, like doing the old Vince move. Um, you know, it was a, a call in for a fire. Ended up. Uh, after crews got in, there was a, a building collapse, and um, I think the eventual aftermath was um, 17 injured, and and um, Ankum and Stringer were were um, killed. Um, but like during the incident, I had to imagine that there were a lot more than just two guys that you guys were worried about at that time, right? Oh, I sure, we that, train. I, I in yeah. fact, I have the piece of paper. Because I, I didn't work with a, you know, clipboards. I had a, I had a notebook, a little six by eight notebook in the pocket of my coat, and uh, my fire coat, and it's still there. I still have it at home, and it's got all the guys' names and all what oh, ambulance Jesus. took them. And, and I think we transported like seventeen people there. And but you know, yeah, there were a lot of guys inside. It was a great job. I mean, yeah. I, I was, God bless you know Corey and Eddie. But the the guys, you know, you, and you see, take when you look at the pictures and you see the overhead right. of all those firemen peeling off those layers of roof to get to their brothers, cutting holes Ooh. to get in there and stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. It, yeah, made, it, was, it made national news. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I was watching it on television. I was at the at the firehouse that day when we were all, and we're, I mean, everything in the fire. You know, it's like you're during the day, like you have like your routine. You know, you got to do this, you got to do that. But as soon as that happened, everything stopped. Yeah, everybody was standing. It was a single engine house. I mean, it was like everybody just stood there around around the television. And we we're just like watching, you know, seeing what was going to happen. And and we thought they were going to pull, you know, way more than just two guys out of their dead. It looked like that's how it looked. They were just, I mean, yeah, it was crazy. The, the, the crowd of guys on top of that roof just just ripping stuff off and cutting holes and trying to get in there. It seemed like it seemed like anybody that was stuck in the center of the building, really. That's those are the guys that died. The guys that survived were the ones that were near the near the walls where things were still kind of supported. So everything kind of kind of collapsed, kind of like, but it wasn't like a pancake, but it was kind of like a like a lean to, like a double lean to, and it was just, I mean, it was amazing. I mean uh, that uh, that they were able to save as many guys as they did. Yeah, I went to um, I went to Suburban Fire Academy, and um, you know, there's a list of incidents that we go over, and um, unfortunately, a lot of them in the were Chicago incidents, but you know, that was again, sure. that was another big one where it was like, all right, like what did, you know, what can we take from this? Is there something? And I mean, and we know, do of that course, too. hindsight's twenty twenty. And we do but, that too. After every, every major incident or even after every fire that we have, we have a, like a debriefing where we talk about what happened, um, you know, how we could have made it, you know, change things. Would it have changed the outcome? I mean, there's there's always there's always that learning curve that you go through, you know, with everything that you do. You could be on the job for freaking forty five years, and and you could still learn something, you know, new from somebody, you know, from you know a, a, an incident. You know, it's like you're not always making the right, the, the the correct choice. I mean, you're making the right choice. It might not be book correct or whatever, but I mean, it works, you know, and you're getting the job done. But it could have been a more efficient way to do it. You know, and that's what you do. You take that time afterwards to learn a little bit. And then you take that with you to the next one that you're going to get, you know, and, and, and you put it to use. You well, know, here's like an interesting, Jimmy's at the fire, Danny's at the firehouse working, 
I'm in the academy when this happens. So I'm physically in classroom A. We all know where classroom A is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the guys in my class, his father was on a truck that was there. And he doesn't know the instructor. Like we're doing our regular bullshit stuff in the academy. And he kind of knew something was wrong because it was the period in time in the academy where your instructors are kind of jagoffs. Yeah. You know, and that's it, it, just how things are there. You go from that progression but they came in and their demeanor had changed. They wanted to talk to our guy in our class whose father was there. And they're like, we don't know any details yet. We're just letting you know what's going on. And then, you know, they came in there, you know, they're like, we, there's reports. Somebody's injured. Somebody's hurt. We don't know if it's your dad yet. And they just sat us in that classroom. We had to sit there. And now we all know what's going on, and we're just waiting for the instructor to come in again. Did they and take him down there or anything? No, they, no, no. We just we sat in that room while they waited to find out. And really, it's like they went and they were listening, you know, and trying to find out if they should take this guy out or not. And then, oh yeah. Then at one point they come in and they're like, "Your dad's okay." And then we just went back on to business issues. But <laughs> back to normal. Right. Yeah, right. But okay, then, dickhead, do okay. hundred push ups. That's right. But hey, I, I, hey congratulations. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now get a I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. sitting in that classroom, waiting for the next instructor to come in to, uh-huh. to it's like, how am I going to look at, you know? It, yeah. Say he's got he gets the bad news. Right. Like how do you how do? are we all supposed to deal with that? How are we supposed to take right. that? Like, what are we supposed to do? Here you're, you know, you know you're, you're I, like I, all new guys, a bunch right. of new guys all put together by the city for this one purpose. Right. You really don't know each other, but I mean, you've got to like gel quickly. I mean, it's... Well, and and so... It's like working with a partner. Like a, you get some like, you know, you go to work on some animals, you don't know the guy. You have to like develop a relationship quickly with them, you know, so you can make the day go. You're going to know within the first couple minutes if you're going to have a good day or you're going to have a bad day. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You know, yeah, but you can turn a bad day into a good day too, though. You know, and it's like it just takes that one certain run, that one certain thing to yeah, say. I, I guess you're you can right. Change a guy around you know, right. a little bit. You know, sure. I mean, it's like you know, if you try hard enough, feeling you can. each other out. Like yeah, how far all. can I go? That's all. You know. <laughs> you want to hear the Tony Forenzi story? My yes. first day with Tony Forenzi. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> we never worked with him before, and his this was back in the day of pagers. So his pager keeps going off. It's his mom. So we go to the hospital. He calls his mom. Comes back out. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the goddamn faucet's leaking at the, my mom's house, and my asshole brother won't fix it. He's sleeping or something. Blah blah. And he's so he, she pages him like five times, and, and this is the first day we've ever worked together. So we're coming out of going out of use University of Chicago, and we're we're heading west through the park, and he's going on and on about his mom. <laughs> And I know he loves his mom, you know, like everybody. (laughs) I just look at him and I go, what a... (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that. I know this is going to be cut, but he says, you can't say that about my mom. It's going to be cut. And we've been best best friends ever since. That's unbelievable. But it's one of those moments where you you know right away that this guy's going to be, he's going to be in my life for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, just you can have just that one <laughs> don't, moment. Don't you ever changes, say that again about changes, my mother. <laughs> it changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So sorry about that. Oh, 
All while doing calls, too. <laughs> all, while, so yeah. often. all while doing. You know what he did? <laughs> then he tells everybody, yeah. you know, at the house, you know what he called my mother? You know what he called my mother? He doesn't even know her. I have no recollection of that conversation. I'm sorry. He's I mistaken. Gotta, I got to tell you, many, many a well-planned ball bust completely destroyed by Jagoff calls. <laughs> they get in the way so often when you're trying to do shit. Man, Steve, you got the bladder of a three-year-old. I, I, I broke what the a, seal. <laughs> oh. Tiny tanks. Yeah, actually, that was one thing I wanted to... Vince, I kind of want to, like, start doing this, like, this thing with guys where it's like, all right, like, what's the best ball bust that, that you had at the firehouse? Like, what's the best... You know, prank someone pulled on so Oh my god! They, you know, so whatever. so like, these I, so the guys at the oh, guy, Danny, I knew you'd have one right, right, away, away. right away. Danny had one in the chamber. <laughs> so I, it was it was like I was uh, a, a new newer fireman, you know. So I I I, uh, I worked at the, when I when I got out of the academy, they they sent me to like probably one of the slowest freaking engines in 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 the city in the world. You know, yeah, pretty much in the world. <laughs> So, uh, uh, you know, and it, and you knew you were at, you're at a at a at a bad place when the, when the, your battalion chief comes up and goes, "Hey, kid, nice to meet you. Do whatever you can to get the fuck out of here, like within a year's time, because you ain't gonna learn shit here." I'm going like, oh, "Okay, chief, yeah, thanks a lot." And, so, and so, you're in charge here, right? Yeah. So I, I put in for all the details, so I would get the I got this, the details over to 71. It was a single engine house. Uh, guys were great there. We you know all got along. We had our fires and we had. We, you know, they were ALS, so we got a chance to, you know, to run our ALS calls. And it was really like close to my house. It was like, it's my neighborhood, my neighborhood company. So uh, uh, when I got the opportunity to put in for there, I put in for it. So, so uh, my wife is Jewish. We live in a real heavy, uh, it's a heavy Orthodox area. And they have like all these Jewish holidays. And, and it, it kind of helped to, to uh, they said it helped to have me on the, on the company because I was familiar with, you know the the Jewish rules and things like that that they that they and now would, they have Hutzalah. They do. Now they have Hutzalah, and then, and Hutzalah kind of takes care of everything. But uh, um, so uh, one Jewish holiday is called Purim. Purim is like like the Jewish uh, um, equivalent to um, Halloween. So the the kids get together and they all like dress up like you know Haman or you know all that like the the, the characters you know from. Uh, not characters, but they're you know the historical, <laughs> historical characters <laughs> like Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. No, not quite. No. They're all like religious historical yeah. characters, you know, from documented like, in yes, a book. It's, it's in it's in the Torah, you know. Um, and so they and, and they go from house to house, and they they get like you know sweets and stuff. But part of it is that you, you make these thing called hamantash, and hamantash are cookies. They look like uh, kolachkis, but they're shaped in a triangle. So me and the kids, we, you know, one one day we made a bunch of hamantash, and so I go to the firehouse, and and the guys are like, you know, like, hey, you know, what did you do yesterday? You know, I go, oh yeah, you know, it was you know Purim. So me and the kids, we made hamantash, and they're like, what the hell is that? You know, like, oh, these these cookies and stuff. So all fucking day, right? They're all like going, they're like eating, you know, or they're having like a cup of coffee. Hey, Chip, Mike Murphy. Hey, Chip, you know, would be really good with this cup of coffee, a hamantash. You know, or we're driving along somewhere, you know, a guy goes. He goes, man, he goes, oh, he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm a little, he goes, God, I'm, my stomach's drowned. He goes, man, a couple of hamantash would probably calm me down right away, you know? And I'm going, like, oh, you fucking jam. So I'm like, all right, I'll show you, right? Well, the next day I came in, and I, I came in with, you know, with a nice box of hamantash, and I, I put them on the table. I said, here you guys go, you know, you know, eat away, right? Yeah, well, I brought three other boxes. So all their boots, 
all other <laughs> all other the pockets in their coats. Every I I put them I put them in the visors on the on the rig. So when they pulled the visors down, they were pulling out. Hamantaschen would fall under their lap. Hamantaschen were in their beds. They were it was they were everywhere. So you know they 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 gave it to me a little bit, and I gave it right back to them. I thought that was that was my first one <laughs> that I did. Your first, your and first. after that, it broke my cherry. After that, I was it was easy. You your know? first Hamantash attack? No, it was my first Hamantash oh. attack. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out where our Hamantash is at. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. You know what would make this podcast <laughs> yeah. great? You know, this, <laughs> you know what goes good with whiskey? You know, yeah, this, with this ice, cold, cold, um, ice cold beer I have, uh, Hamantash, would go great with it. I, um, there was an, uh, not, not significantly older, but older guy at work, and um, I... Uh, whatever I've, I've got friends from all over the place i was talking to one of my buddies and he's uh um he was telling me he's like all right man like so this is like this is like the new word that the kids are using you know and i'm like oh okay like what is it he's like uh he's like it's it's yolo you know you only live once and i'm like oh okay so i would go back to the firehouse tell the older guy i'm like all right buddy here's your urban word for the day is yolo you know and he, He's like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it means you only live once. He's like, oh, okay. And so, like, for the rest of the day, that's all he said. Like, he just, <laughs> he inserted into things that didn't even make he, I, I'd be like, hey, Joey, your shoes are untied. He's like, YOLO. I don't know. Like, but I, I don't think that's how you use it, man. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I like it. I'll hold on to it for a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah, what's we that? got, Jim? Give me uh, some... Uh, Pranks. Best prank. Any, best. Hmm. Best. Any memorable pranks? What about um, my friend? My friend Jeff left made the the fatal mistake of leaving his uh, lottery picks on the <laughs> oh, table. These are, these are great. Uh, <laughs> these, and he came back. To, he came shit. back to the firehouse, and they were written on the chalkboard wall. The, you know the winners, winning numbers, and he they looked at it, and he. He quit. He left. He, oh, <laughs> fuck you, I quit. He ran out of the firehouse. They had to go get him. And, <laughs> I'll never talk to you guys. I, I do such a he's, he's yelling, fuck yous to guys. They, oh. he's, like, he's like, I always wanted to tell you were a jag. I've wanted awesome. you for 20 years. I want to tell you. Today's the day. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. You're Oops. cool. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, uh, hey, man, hey, man, I really didn't mean it, guys. <laughs> I knew, I knew, I knew it was a joke. <laughs> so, Jimmy, you went on, you went on to become a uh, flight medic. I did. I was a flight. What medic year was for, that? Uh, I just, reti- I just retired from that about uh, seventeen. So, uh, so uh, I don't know, nine, ninety or. How'd you, how'd you get into that? And boy, his arms are tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's more like two thousand. Yeah, 2000. Uh, I'm here all night, folks. It was. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's a, a nurse at uh, Mercy Hospital, uh, Becky, uh, then uh, Pusateri, now Worth, uh, who started working out there. Actually, there's a couple of medics who worked out there, Jim Barry, um, Rob Sasan, and they were working out there. And uh, so I went out there and I worked with Becky and uh, just had a fantastic second job there for 17 years. It was so awesome. What kind of... What were your duties as a flight medic? You, all, were you on fixed wing? We were all fixed wing, all long range stuff. So we brought a lot of people to like um, Mayo Clinic for for advanced treatments or Cleveland Clinic for uh, for heart workup, UFC, you know, Northwestern, um, 
for advanced treatments. And then, um, uh, like, uh, people who have the like vacation insurance and they get, they get hurt on right. uh, while they're, you know, on cruise ships and stuff like that, we'd go get them or, so uh, it was a fantastic job. I traveled all over the world and got to see a bunch of great places and, and, uh, worked with some amazing, amazing nurses and learned just so much about it. Any close calls? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, could talk, I could talk forever about yeah, that. But I got one question. Is there a non-fixed-wing plane somewhere? A helicopter. <laughs> yeah, a helicopter. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. okay. Come on, you brown. I'm thinking like, <laughs> that's the brown talking. No, I'm thinking like, you know. It's, it's hinged. Fixed wing. I'm going like, it's like flapping. No, I it's hinged. Like a, like a plane <laughs> flapping <laughs> along. You're like, I ain't seen one of those. It's like a cartoon. Wait a minute. Let me have another drink. Maybe I'll see one of those on the way home. Yeah, it's one of them goddamn right. Da Vinci planes flying down. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy flew, he flew in the good ones with the fixed wings. Like you go to the shittier companies, the wings aren't as fixed as. <laughs> yeah, they're a little looser. They're, right? yeah. they're falling off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my, my intent was initially to to do that fixed wing stuff, and then and then and then when, once I got off the fire department to go work a helicopter in the mountains somewhere, and but I quickly realized that those, those things they just go down too often. The helicopters. Yeah, they're not made know, to so, fly. Yeah, they're not made to fly. The physics so. behind it just doesn't. doesn't and it was fine. I got stuck. You know, I worked with. I worked with some. Like I said, some great people. And but yeah, we had some. We had some pretty hairy. You know, like calls, like, like calls or like flights or flights. Okay. Like we had we had a guy in uh, Florida. We went down to Florida to get a guy. Like you have to go right now. So we got on there and and some sixty year old guy is just breathing, just pumping. 60 times a minute ate up all the oxygen in the ambulance before we even left the scene and he was going to he was going to canada he was going to toronto for a new set of lungs he's a canadian citizen so he's like i can't go to the hospital here i have to go to, i have to go yeah and sweet. he's and he's just he's just leaning on the wall and we finally get him in the ambulance and we're like we're like running out of oxygen we're like, i'm like what are we going to do we got to we got to. We we don't have enough action in the airplane to take this guy. Not at, not at this rate. So I'm like, dude, we got to put you down. We got to. We, we can't even get you to the emergency room. If so, we're, so we're talking. And so we're obviously we're in consult with Becky and our medical control. And so we sedate him and put an airway and throw him on the vent. And uh, the, so they're they're. We're like, okay, we're okay. His numbers are coming up. He's doing better now, and he's, he's uh, tolerating the vent and all this stuff. And um, and they say, so okay, Jim, what do you want to do? And I go, I'm a fucking paramedic. I want to go to the closest hospital. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> exactly. I wanna, what I, I don't want to do is go to Canada. <laughs> yeah, right. What I don't want to do is go to Canada. And they we go, got a three minute place, uh, three minute trip. I can take this yeah, guy out so yeah. get rid of him. <laughs> and they go, well. He's got lungs waiting in Toronto, and his family's all in the hospital waiting there for him. And I look at my partner, Kathy, and, uh, and I look at her, and I go, what do you think? And she goes, I guess we're going to Canada. I guess we're going to Canada. <laughs> so we took, hey. the dude from, we took the dude from somewhere in Florida to oh, Canada, shit. and he got his lungs. Good for him, man. But That's it was, unbelievable. Yeah, that was, I mean. Great know, decision. Three hours of. Uh, Great decision. Three hours of. You know, you hope your your work was good. No, yeah, it was a cool. great thing. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Did you ever have a long transport where you had to divert because you just 
like were in the process of losing somebody like it was went south bad um no no we we've uh had a bunch of people they they usually deteriorate either on ascent or descent and uh you can if you can manage that the ascent or descent because of the pressure then you're okay. yeah the pressure yeah. changes really has effect especially on a compromised patient um and uh Again, the nurses I work with were just like so on top of that stuff. They're just, you know, if I could, if I could manage the vents, they they take care of drips and you know all these other stuff. They were just phenomenal, and uh, so we we did have a lot of deterioration on those those portions of the flights, um, but not to the point where we had to divert. Now many of the people that I've worked with have had to divert. Well, so I can't imagine not, being in it. It's bad enough being in the back of an ambulance and. Like, oh, yeah. shit goes south, but because you can get to a hospital three, four minutes, right. but in an amb- in a in a airplane, yeah, you can. Yeah, at forty thousand feet, even if you declare an emergency and you you take priority over all airspace, um, aside from the president, you you're still you know thirty minutes to the yeah. bottom, thirty minutes to the ground. But I mean, we work with turbulence all the time. On the- <laughs> The streets. Yes, yes, we do. Yeah. I this is Potholes. this is just giving me great ideas though. Like towards the end, Jim, like just walking into a hospital, like <sighs> I had trouble breathing. They're like, "Oh, what's going on?" But I, I got lungs in Punta Cana. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> I gotta get there, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> call, call, I need a jet. Anyone oh, who oh, oh, get luxury airliner, please. I, I, I know um, this guy, Jim O'Connor. Right. Um, hopefully open bar. I mean, whatever. You know, I, <laughs> now, I meet you, class, now I meet you, Corey. Now I meet you, Corey. I could have done that for 17 yes. years. Now oh, I need him. Oh, God. This is, I'm a catalyst. What can I say? <laughs> No, just have them put you to sleep. You wake up in Punacana, you're... Well, there you go, oh. that's it. <laughs> oh, but, um, <laughs> there's some weird uh, <laughs> weird fluids on my pants. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> what about um, you, Danny? Any close yeah. calls as firemen? Yeah, no. I mean, it's... Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, you, like you always remember, I think the, the probably the hairiest situation I was ever in was my probably my first fire. Really? Yeah, it's like it's Where were always. You? I was on I was on seventy one. It was, again. I have this thing about the the, the first of the year, uh, and it was uh, we we got a fire on Foster Avenue. It was just just about a block a, a block east of uh, of um, of the hospital, and uh, this is a one and a half story frame. You know, and we we pull up, and I, I see you know smoke billowing out of the the, the top of the doorway, so. It, you you learn you know through time which I learned now which I didn't know then. Were you uh, on the pipe? Yeah, I was on the pipe. So I had, uh, so I I'm leading out and so you know when when smoke's coming out of the top of just kind of like out of the top of the doorway you know it's coming from a floor above. So once that floor fills up then the first first floor where the door is the top of that doorway starts the, the smoke starts leaking out so I knew the the fire was upstairs. So I I, I let out of course I let out to the wrong building in the first one, first time. Cause I really didn't know where the smoke was coming from. So I'm like walking, I'm walking to this one building. I got all this hose on my shoulder. I'm going like, and all of a sudden like, you know, the, the hydrant guy goes, it's this house. I'm going like, Oh, okay. And I got to walk over there and I drop a bunch of hose on the ground, start leading out up the stairs. And it was kind of like an open floor plan on, on the second floor. But I got up as soon as I got up like halfway through it, I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm stopped. So I, had, I threw my mask on because it was like smoke to the, to the floor there. So I, I, so I got the pipe in my hand and I'm like leading out up the stairs. And the top of the stairs was just like, it was like a, another open floor plan. So you got nobody like, behind you? There was nobody with me yet because they were, they were trying to, trying to, String out the spaghetti that I left, left on the front porch. So when you say you just dropped it, that was it, my first you fire. Just, you I just dropped you, it. It was my first fire. Okay, well, that's yeah. serious. So there was like there was like there was like 150 feet of inch and three quarters laying there in a ball, and I had like like 50 feet up the steps. Right? That's about where it went. You can't think past so, that. So, right. so I'm standing there, right? And I'm like I'm like you know, and at the time we had 30 minute bottles, so I had my tank on, and so I'm I'm skip breathing i'm trying to like like try to conserve my air because and i'm waiting for for water you know of course i knew that i just dumped a shitload of spaghetti <laughs> so you, know, you knew you spaghetti. were going to be there a while yeah 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 i dumped all a shitload of spaghetti on the front on the front steps and they were like leading they're like spreading it all out till i got some water so i finally get some water so the so the officer i feel the officer behind me he's like all right come on let's go i go well where are we going he goes well you know spray some water around in 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 in, in the area in front of you and we'll listen and I'll, I'll tell you where to go. So you're listening and you can hear like when it's, when it's, when, when a solid stream is hitting like, like a wall, it's a high pitched sound. But when it goes to like an open space, it, it dulls down. He goes, go this way. I go, where are we going? He goes to the hallway. I'm like, all right, makes sense. So we like, you know, feel our way around. We go to this hallway and now it's like getting hot and really shitty. So, <laughs> so you know, he was right. Oh no, of course he was right. <laughs> he, he was on 71 for forever. You know, he, he knew what, what he was doing. Ray DeJesus. Ray, how's it going? Hope how's Florida? So uh so so Ray's behind me and he's like he's like going, All right, come on, we got it, we got it. So I'm like inching my way down this hallway and all of a sudden I was just like, That's enough. Clip. I like I stuck one leg out on one side of the hallway, pushed against the wall, and I had my back against the other side, and I wasn't moving anywhere. I wasn't going. And he goes, Come on, come on, let's go. I go, It's fucking hot over there. I'm not moving. He goes, We gotta get over there. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, man. This is stupid. <laughs> I'm like, man, I never had this on the air. <laughs> you know? So it's like, go, come on, come on. Well, all of a sudden I hear this like I hear a guy running. Like like behind me. So he comes from behind me, he knocks my helmet off, right? He runs past me, all right, and there's like a brief, a brief second, and all of a sudden I hear him like, like running really fast back past me and goes, man, it's hot over there. And I go like, yeah, there's a fire over there, man. You know? Well, finally, like Ray got me loosened up and he like inched me in. We found a fire, started hitting it. Well, then I start, I go on bells, which means I got like a thousand pounds. I'm, you know, like left on my, on my tank. And it didn't take me long to go through that. Next thing I know, I got like the mask stuck to my face and I'm not getting any air. So I'm like, I got to get out of here. You know? So I like, like work my way back down the line, get outside, change, I, I get, you know, change tanks out and I come back in and it was like all gone. You know, it was like they had opened the roof already, you know, and everything was nice and clear. They gave me the pipe back cause I was, you know, new on the pipe and it, they knew it was my first fire. And so I got there to sit there and wash down and be la, 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 you know, but it was, yeah, that was uh, probably the hairiest I'd ever been in. Yeah. Yeah, and everything else after that was you. I mean, after every fire, you learn a little bit more, and you feel a little bit more comfortable, but not so comfortable that you're stupid. You know, you still respect it, and you still know that shit can be can go wrong, but you're not like making stupid judgment calls. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're making educated judgments. You know, like being on a truck better. Oh man, there's nothing like being on a pipe. That's a great feeling. 
There's nobody in front of you. After that fire, being on the pipe was fun. You're, you're crawling in, you're finding it, you're the first guy there, you're hitting it. There's nobody in front of you until you start throwing water on it. Then guys start moving in, opening windows, pulling ceiling, doing all that stuff like that. That's that's really, really cool. But I tell you what, the freedom of being on a truck, nothing like it. You get to spread out, do your thing. We're doing searches and stuff. I mean, making a roof. I'm on, like, I'm on truck 32 and I'm standing, it's like in the middle of wintertime and I'm walking a ridge on a, on a four and a half story frame overlooking looking out over the city and seeing the sky the sea the, you know this the 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 landscape of the city and stuff and and i'm like i'm looking at it going i go man this is a fucking great job i go there's got to be a thousand guys that would love to do what i'm doing right now you know and of course you got to go to work you know and you're doing your thing but i mean it's yeah it's uh that was probably the the, the scariest moment i ever had it was a because it was the first one you know yeah. And after that, everything was okay. It was cool. Cheers, Jimmy. All right, salute. It's, it's, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Was I talking too much? No, 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 Was I, was no, I taking, no, no, no. Was I taking too Dan, much time? Give Danny a beer. Danny, there's we're a beautiful out of story. Jimmy was just admiring how <laughs> he was well te- told it he was. was. Teary, he was teary-eyed. <laughs> I've, heard it, I've heard it. I could have told him myself. Yeah. We, yeah, we go the, fishing together. This is the second time tonight he's told this. Hey, you only have your one your first fire once, man. Come on. YOLO. It's Actually, like your first YOLO. Like, boys, YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> you know what? I, I got a question for you from my side, Danny. So I I started off as a medic. I was never I was never trained as a fireman until I got my current job as a as a firefighter. Pretend like you've been on a podcast before, Corey. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Corey. Rookie. I uh so I had been a medic for a couple of years, and when I became a fireman, obviously this day and age, there's a lot more, I mean, maybe not obviously, but it seems like things are now very EMS dependent. So even as a fireman oh, on, on my engine, I'm so very active with EMS. And um, did you ever feel, so I think I'm coming up on, I was a single role paramedic for, I want to say four years, and then I became a fireman. Um, and firefighter EMT where I'm at. I've, I've been there almost eight now. Did you feel at a certain time from your changeover from like, uh, I've, I've hit this many years as a fireman more than being a medic or, or past being a medic. Did you ever feel like, Oh, now I'm a fireman now. Or do you always kind of feel like, ah, you know, no. I started off as a paramedic. I've and, always been a medic first. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You've always been yeah. on an ALS company, haven't you? Always been on an ALS company. I've always been the medic. Have you? Yeah, until You're I became an officer. When I first became an officer, they used me as a medic all the time. And then I was, um, when, when I got truck 36, they, they, I, had, I had three medics on my company that were assigned and me. And they kept throwing my, they kept putting my medics out and uh, they kept detailing my medics out and using me as the medic. And I was catching all these fires and stuff. And so, you know, being, being an asshole fireman, we would always like take pictures of ourselves at these fires, you know, with giving it like, you know, our guys the finger because they're not there. They're missing out on a fire. And after a while I was like, Man, that's pretty stupid because these guys are like young. Mm-hmm. They're eventually going to be officers one day. They should be getting this fire experience too. Not just this, this, you know, EMS experiences are getting working on other companies as a medic. And so I, I stepped down as, as a paramedic and went down to EMT so that I could always have my medic guys working on our company so they could get their experience. But now as an EMT, I feel like I'm, I'm doing more paramedic work, 
you know. Which is I, better. Which are, right, it is. Because I'm doing the fun stuff. Yeah. I'm doing the patient contact. I'm doing like the IVs, the intubation, all this stuff like that, that, that as the medic, you know, being the official medic on the rig, I wasn't going to get a chance to do because I had to do all this paperwork and stuff and I was allowing other guys to do that stuff. And that's actually the part of being a medic that I enjoyed the most was the patient contact. I'm, I'm a curious prick. I like to, uh, I ask questions. I want to know everything about you, you know? And so I always, I was always a good history taker because I wasn't afraid to ask you anything, you know? And that got, that, that allowed me to get to know my patient, got me, gave me the opportunity to kind of put a whole bunch of stuff together to kind of figure out what was going on with them to determine whether it was something real or just bullshit, you know? And, and, and that's the part that I, that I, that I was missing as the guy who was just doing the paperwork. Now I get, I get to do that. I get to throw out the questions and now I got my medic who just sits there and and writes all the stuff down takes care of all that. I get to do all the patient contact, touching people and stuff. I, that's to me, that was always important as a, as a medic. I always put a hand on somebody always. And for me, that was kind of like, whether they want to or not, right? Well, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always had their parents. I always had their parents' permission. Oh, okay, all right. So, but it was always important to like just put a hand on his shoulder or go, "Hey, you know, I got you. Don't worry. You know, if I'm running around looking crazy, not knowing what to do, you should worry. But right now, we're under everything's under control. You know. Uh, on a side note, we were when when that spot was open, the vacancy was open. I was talking to Danny about putting in for the truck because, you know, he and I had become friends and and I, I knew what a great shift he was going through the second shift with Polly yeah, and all good those people, guys. Good people. And um, I'm like, you I'm really, boys. you really, if you're looking for a spot, that's a good spot. You should come here. It's a great house. And and I had I had like three of the guys come to me and they go, hey, I hear we're getting this bombing guy. I hear this bombing guy's talking about coming in. We don't need another goddamn paramedic over here and all this. And I'm like, I go, guys, listen, just trust me. You're gonna fucking love them. You're just gonna love them. But it's a legitimate concern when you have an officer coming and he's a paramedic because sure. these guys know they're they're going out. Absolutely. And, and as a lieutenant. The city shouldn't be using you as a paramedic, whether you got the no, license no, or not. It, 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 it does make your job a little, little more difficult. I mean, your job primarily is the safety of your, of your company. You know, but when you're, and when you're sitting there in the middle of the street focused on a patient, it's hard to like look around and, and make sure like traffic's being diverted. You know, you have the police you know, support there. People aren't like you know, approaching you, you, you from you the outside or inside. Roles. It's tough. It is tough. And in your situation, I mean, you, you did a solid thing for your guys and and I, you know i came from the same house those guys really appreciate you dropping but they still haven't sh- paid for my meals though yeah yeah cheap pricks yeah. <laughs> paul keller you're in this paul keller <laughs> probably be the first one to jump Pauly. on it and, and and pay i'm talking about the other guys but they kind of they kind of you know now that the city lost another medic right because they put you in that situation and you know and you you dropped. Yeah, but they they lost a, a medic per se, but they gained a medic. Because now I'm like, we're I think our company because we have, we because I'm an EMT. We have another medic guy that dropped down to EMT. Between Harry and I, you, the quality of care we give people is is outstanding. I I believe it's outstanding. But just that's be, a, just because. But that's not the norm. I mean, no, that, it's not. That, that's 
No, no, it's not. But that's it, a but, credit but, to you. But, but it's but not. But for us, the system no. is flawed. Absolutely, because they're, they're, I when mean, good medics and, have and, to and drop. What's really flawed is that a lot of the guys who are are the single medic on a on a company only have a couple of years on. You know, they've they had a couple of years on the ambulance. They, and now they're in charge of like an entire scene and they're, they're, they've got like, you know, four other guys, you got to tell them what to do. That, that, that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I was lucky. I had eight, eight and a half years on, I was a PIC or paramedic in charge. You know, when I, when I crossed over and controlling a scene wasn't something that was, was unusual for me. You know, I always, I always did that. I was always the first in the door. And just like I am today, I'm, I'm always the first in the door and the last to leave. And that was my way of, of, of ensuring that the scene was going to be handled the way I felt comfortable, you know, uh, whether it was because I, I don't like change or I don't, whatever, but it was just, it, it was my little bit of crazy. Yeah, maybe, you know, it's, everybody's got that, but, but I, but it always seemed to work. Oh, you mean, oh. Oh, you mean like the plate and the sponge? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We're gonna go there now. Yeah, let's go, go there. there. No, we're, we're not. going right that's there. That's vacation. That's that's off the job. We're here talking about job stuff. Well, how? Speak of that relationship. How how did you guys get to know each other? Yeah, by we accident. Literally, we literally we were I, thrown I, together. Actually, yeah, we worked. The, we worked the, uh, the, the blue. Was it a blues gospel fest? Was the first time it we was the met first time it was gospel fest. Yeah. that was, was one of the Pritzker first Pavilion. Ones the yeah, right. when it first opened. And Danny was on the bikes, and I was I was in charge, and um, uh, we just started talking. You know, it was, uh, it, you know, it obviously it, initially it was professional about how we're going to run things and how does Danny want to, you know, run his bikes. And um, I'm a firm believer that if 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 it's running good, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I knew right away that Danny had it and how he wanted to run it, just like Vince does. You know, yeah, my protege. And you, oh. and you, and you, you know, when they, when you, the, the reason why we had quite. to take a summer vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Vince had to go exactly. ride. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I like bikes. So, <laughs> he likes bike shorts. Exercising. Vince likes exercising. Man, this took a turn. Yeah, tight shirts, tight shorts. shorts. Everyone's getting hit out of his pocket. Listen, I asked you a question, right? Can we guys can we stay focused okay, here? Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Right. I'm so, trying quick, to plug PSP Academy. <laughs> what was that? PSP Academy, you said? Bikers are weird. Just what's, for the the what's the end? What was the address on that place? Yeah. How, hey, Vince, how can we get a whole PSP Academy? <laughs> well, before we get into that. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> Ironically enough, since you guys brought up the, the um, conversation about sponsorship, we do have a sponsor for today's podcast. Beautiful. We hey, all, Vince, we, where are we drinking at? <laughs> we all went there to eat and uh, have a couple drinks the other day, right? Dakota, Dakota 94 at 5304 West Devon. Um, it's actually uh, one of our uh, one of our gym members who uh, is a, uh, one of his other restaurants is Canela's. You guys ever eat at Canela's? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah that, he's, really? He, yeah. And so he opened up one in, uh, it's... Um, it's a closer um, to the what, house. Saganash. Right, in Saganash, yeah. Yeah, and the food is amazing. It's yeah. great. And in, uh, in fact, I had been there with uh, my wife and uh, my son, who is 18 months old, and uh, we had we had breakfast there. And uh, the the waiter couldn't have been, like, he, he couldn't have been better with having this little kid, this obnoxious little kid, 
at the restaurant serving him pancakes. Takes uh, after the wife. And your, and your son after, was yeah. there too. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I got served a uh, breakfast burrito. It was probably one of the best things I've ever had. But uh, yeah, not couldn't have been better. Uh, not one bite he took. <laughs> Just but no, gag that thing down. For real though, like uh, <laughs> thrown in it the whole time. But then you had a bison burger the other day. Oh, that bison burger? Danny, With, they got I, a bison burger. No way, really? Yeah. It's probably going, one of the best things I've ever I'm had. I'm going there. Uh, cheese sauce with the uh, onions, uh, cooked medium. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wednesdays couple, couple is half off down. for first responders. Wednesdays? Wednesdays. What are we doing here? We'll be going to 5304 <laughs> West Devon Absolutely. next Wednesday. Hope you're open. Dakota94, <laughs> dakota94.com. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they did such a good job with Canela's. Um, my buddy Pete went off on his own, start, uh, opened that one. They live right, right in the neighborhood. So nice. they're vested in that restaurant. Good That's deal. great. Uh, good it, deal. It, they, they do a really good job. Over we'll there. be there. We'll be there. So maybe tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> do they have liquor there? They, they do. have amazing they liquor do. there. Uh, Sweet. Full bar. Amazing liquor. Sweet. Full bar. And, um, whatever you plan on drinking on Wednesdays will be now half off. All so, right. Um, what? Well, spe- speak, speaking of full bar, speaking of full bar, um, I'm supposed to ask a question. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we also got to plug the stash bash for uh, uh Miss Yogi. Yeah. Right. Oh, we're doing that's that now. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, that's a good right, one. So, uh, let me. I, I'm already working on mine. Uh, our <laughs> you fir- are? Yeah, our first podcast. Oh, uh, I thought that was just ja- some dirt got, on your lip. Is that a mustache? Yeah. I got wow. jagged off a little bit on our first podcast. Put a little milk on it. The cat lick it but, off. Uh, at fine. least, at least Jeff Rich uh, backed me up a little bit. Yeah, on it. Uh, so, anyway, it was his first podcast. Uh, too. Couple really good friends of mine, Jenny Yokus, Mike Manchester. They run the Stash Bash. Uh, it's a Chicago Fire Department charity uh, for prostate cancer. Um, it is a mustache contest for everybody out there. Uh, they're having it on November 24th, Sunday, uh, at Old Crow at 3506 North Clark. Uh, it's been going on for several years. Yeah, um, And let me tell you what, hell of a party. It's a good time. It is a hell of a party. It's the party of the year. It, it really is. Did, you go, I, did I, you go last year, Jimmy? Every year. Yeah. Even when I'm working. Even the, the mustache list. <laughs> I used welcome. to show up there working all the time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't give a shit. <laughs> What are you going to do? Fire me? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm the boss of the North Side. I'm going to quit anyway. Stick in your ass. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it is great. It's uh, a great Je- party. Jenny throws uh, awesome parties. Yeah, uh, you know Jenny for- crossed over? Yeah. Yeah, she's at yeah. 18 now. I saw her. Right? I saw her. Yes. I saw yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Had Good I known, her. I would have gone. She's, she's oh, one great, of the best. Great gal. Yeah, awesome. Uh, she throws fantastic parties, multiple parties throughout the year. But Stash Bash... Is truly the party of the year. It is. Uh, it really is. It's a bunch of creepy firemen. Yeah, with creepy <laughs> mustaches. With, with, with creepy with, mustaches. With, with 1970s porno yeah. mustaches. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's hilarious. Guys dress up in costume. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's great. It's great. Uh, everybody gets together. They have a good time. They're raising money uh, for a good cause. Did we make so. fun of McLaughlin for uh, oh, yeah. looking like Freddie Mercury? Oh, yeah, but he owned it. He owned it. He owned it. He owned it. But then Alex Casillas. Actually had the Freddie Mercury outfit. Outfit? Oh on. no way! Yeah. Oh, and killed it. Oh yeah. yeah, it was great. 
So, For the record, uh, I'm not doing a mustache this year, so you don't have to have a mustache to go to the stash. Yes, bash. the mustache lists are welcome. I had a, I had one last year, and I had this overwhelming urge to go buy a white van and <laughs> fill it with candy, and so I'm not doing it again this year. But, it was yeah. horrible. It was <laughs> it was horrible. I pasted one on one year. It was a good mustache. But if you, if you're gonna grow a mustache for Movember, yeah, the stash bash is the place to be. Take your award, what you think might be your award-winning mustache, over to the Stash Bash. Again, November 24th, Sunday, Old Crow, 3506 North Clark. Can you start that mustache now, or can you only yeah. start it on the 1st of well, November? Well, you know what? Uh, you're, so you're cheating. You don't cheat. You are cheating. He is kind of cheating, right? Don't, don't be a cheater. Steve, you can cheat because that, that's, <laughs> yeah. right there. that's really not fake. That's ass. a shadow yeah. right now. <laughs> I mean, it's only like a week old. So <laughs> That's a week so old? So you're cheating already. You're admitting it. Shh. Okay, so he's, Listen, if he's, you're not he's cheat, out of the he's chief, out of the contest. He's chief. not he's <laughs> if he ain't cheating, he ain't trying. All right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> this thing hand. is disgusting to look at. It's terrible. I'm uncomfortable. I mean, there's one part. My wife hates it. And we talked about this in the first podcast. Can't stand it. Uh there's one point in my lip, it's bi-directional. Like yes. it's growing places in different directions. It's horrible. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. They're nasty. I gotta make my mark somehow. <laughs> oh, that's it, huh? That's where that's where we went, huh? <laughs> Jimmy, you your um your sister works for the FBI or retired from the FBI. Right. And my whole interest in podcasts came about when you and I were talking and she had a podcast that she was involved in. Um, um, that I started listening to on, ironically enough, on our way to Chimo in Canada, where we went fishing and yeah. caught a bunch of walleye, and you know, so the place where God lives, <laughs> yeah. amazing fishing trip, and um, so uh, I mean, your your father was on the job. Um, any other relations that so yeah. My father, my father, he, my father died on our doorstep in '77. So he, he uh, got a duty death um, after he working whatever 48 at the firehouse. He came home, died on the doorstep. My uncle Danny was a, a fireman in Engine 50, and he died at a fire on uh, 54th and Federal. And uh, uh, my sister Eileen, um, a paramedic. Um, she did twenty uh, something years, had a heart attack, and uh, she's now on. She's now uh, retired. Um, and then, well, there's like six kids, and we call five of them. At, we're all at the trough. My my uh, brother Mike is uh, fireman on truck twenty six out 27. in Roseland. Twenty seven, sixty two, sixty two. I truck know him. Be- I know him better than you do. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Never no, met him. <laughs> Yeah, sixty-two in truck twenty-seven, and uh, he's uh, he's just a, he's a stud. He's, he's just a he's a great guy. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And Eileen too was, and then uh, Susie was a police officer. She's she died of cancer. And, uh, and Kathy, ironically, where you're talking about Father Tom, Kathy uh, sings all the all the masses for uh, the fire department and anything that Father Tom does, and they need music. Kathy. The, my sister Kathy does all the, all the singing for. So, uh, did you ever think about crossing over? I did back in the back in the like middle eighties. They were talking about it, but I was in a 
I was in a bad way. I was in a bad place from even myself, and I was in a bad house. I was in a house that just didn't like us mm-hmm. as medics. And, um, you know, one, one, one day this, this, this friend of my father's, who was, you know, a fireman with my dad, said, hey, Jim, you going to cross over? you going to take that test? And I, and I looked at him, and, I, and there I was around the kitchen table. And I said, I wouldn't be one of you guys for all the money in the fucking world. Because they were just they were just jerks, man. They were they were just you know we were we were running uh, our we you, were running our asses you ran, off. You ran into miserable people that yeah, just spread the misery do. around. Yeah. We so in fact I transferred out. I went to a busier house. I went to I went to Amos Thirty Six because it was such a fantastic place. But I you know I, you know you'd go out and you'd 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 go out at seven thirty in the morning. You come back at two o'clock in the afternoon and, and there'd be no lunch for you and they'd say, Oh yeah, by the way, Jim, we pulled watch, you got third watch. And, and we were the only and and you're no all, and, and my partner Jill, she got second second watch. So they even gave the officers watches in, the, in this house. It was just it was just terrible. Well it it's a it's a testament to how far we've come that you know, that for me I've I've been privileged to be with really good houses oh, yeah. and really good guys. Um, and I think a lot has to do with, you know, a, a lot of the medics now are, you know, on the fire side are crossovers. They remember. They remember. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's, you know, it, it's, um, I am, I do feel privileged to work in this era where, um, you know, we're, we got guys that were actually looking out for us and taking care of, you know, you talk about like bringing your lunch out to you and stuff yeah. like that. How many times have we done a, a flyby where you guys right. brought it out to us? Right. Yeah. You know, we'll be, you know, I think we're just more indoctrinated into the, into this, this two tiered almost environment, you know, the EMS and fire. And it was different. And, you know, my, 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 like we go back to my dad, he said, he came home one day when he was first starting. He when when they put him back on shift, he went. He decided I'm going to go to EMT school, see what these kids are going through. And he came back, and he told my mom one day, he goes, "These kids are going to have a hell of a time ever being accepted in this firehouse." Right. And that was 1971 or something like that. You know, so it, it's gone so far, and and so not you know. Now it's it's business. It's what we do. It's right. it's part of us, and and. And I think the camaraderie has caught up with that. I think that I mean, the great guys have always been there. But the, I think been. the camaraderie comes from everybody being on the same scene together. Yeah, you know, and you're, the breaking up and, of the breaking up the shifts is the worst thing that ever happened. No, I thought that was terrible. It was terrible. That was, that was the worst thing the city ever decided to do. It, because, it would be it would be nice you, to be with the same guys when, every when time. You, when you work with the same guys every day, you know what to expect. They know what to expect, and you work like a well-oiled machine. That I mean, that's and that's something I I really miss. Yeah, me too. From that from that from the three platoon system. I voted. Yeah. I voted against it, even though. It oh, was so did I. Greatly. So did I. It benefited me, but it, well, I, I what, voted against. So what? What was the antithesis for changing? Why it was the overtime issue? Money. Yeah, it, it was the overtime issue money, for brother. paramedics. FLSA. Is that what it was? That's so, what it was. So in 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 I think it was Washington, the state of Washington. Um, some uh, some group of paramedics on some department um, applied for a benefit. Like no, I think it was I think it was Washington, was but I, Washington? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. They applied for a benefit that was typically given to firemen and police, and the ruling came back: No, you don't get this benefit because you're not fire or police. Right. The medics then came back and filed this FLSA lawsuit saying, if we're if we don't 
It was because they didn't do enough hours or something like oh, no. that. Right? Well, do if with we the don't hours. meet, they said if we don't meet that criteria as fire police, then we want overtime. Right for the hours we work for all for all our hours yeah. because fire and police do not get overtime if right. they work over forty hours. Right. So so we were 48, 48 plus. So that's why we get the FSLA now. Right. FLSA because, because right. we weren't included. Right. In that. Right. Correct. And now we're like down to like like 42 point something. Uh, the EMS is like down to 42 point something hours right. or whatever it is. Because about. we were at. Because you went to the 30. The, yeah. The, the, I mean. The four platoon system. Trust me. It was it was an unbelievable. It was an absolute windfall when they paid that check. Wow. It was. In. in uh-huh. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Big time. Wow. It was. It was a crazy amount of money. And so they but knew we they had, had to change they, their shoes. It was voted on by the members. Yes. It was voted on by the members, yeah. But wasn't voted on just by EMS members. It was everybody. Right, the whole contract. The whole, the the whole, whole contract. The whole, the whole right. Yeah, it's, it's weird because if, if I see you guys coming in in the morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to work with Danny next day. Right. You know, I got I to gotta do math. But I see you. Right. You know what? I'm like, oh shit! I'm, I know. I, I I'm coming I in and I and, see you leaving. And, I'm like, shit! I don't, us, I don't see like Danny off. for fucking. We're like, oh shit! Jingles is coming in tomorrow. I'm like, god <laughs> damn it! Next day we're gonna work with Jingles. I'm like, oh man, you know we're gonna have a long day. You know it's like, and it's yeah, it's it's it, it's it's weird. It really is, you know. But you know, you we made the adjustment like everybody else, and and you just you know, I I think your your personal reputation is is enough to carry you through you know so the, every shift that you work with if they see you or know you're coming in they know what to expect you know and and you, you good so bad you, so you kind of yeah exactly so you kind of make the 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 bed you sleep in so how you're treated or how whatever your your uh, uh you, you know your um you know uh approached or, or, or you know uh, uh accepted in in the house it's up to you yeah. you know how you run and and whatever you do because i mean all you need is is one company on the west side to be slow, <laughs> screws up everything, you know. It, it, it's and 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 ninety nine percent of the time, you know who that company is when you know when, sure you're, you when you're out. There, Everybody does, yeah. you know. And and I mean, some people just don't give a shit, you know. But I mean, I remember when I was on the ambulance, I never wanted to have a reputation like that. I wanted to be when when I walked in the door, the guys would know we're good. You know, we don't, we don't, we're not going to be, you know, dragging ass all night long because they, they can't carry somebody or whatever. I remember, I remember like a ton of times asking Patty, we got a big lady, we got three flights of stairs. You want me to call a company? She goes, fuck no. She goes, she goes, I'm not going to sit there and listen to them. Tell me I'm a girl and blah, blah, this and that. And I can't do my job. I'm going, I'm like, all right, girl, let's go. You know, I get on a bomb. She was, a, a you know. The bottom of the stair chair. She's on the top top of the stair chair, and we go down the stairs. Sorry, babe. <laughs> you know, and and we carry them down. Four feet of snow. We're like carrying them through through snow. Like we we did not want to bother our companies. And 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 that made us. I mean, I, I we we felt welcome in the house because of that. Yeah. yeah. So Jimmy has a has a boss. Um, what. What's like a, a, a go-to piece of advice for future bosses out there? Oh, man. Like what, Don't what? micromanage. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. That's not Jimmy. That's Dan talking. <laughs> and I learned that a long time ago from other chiefs. 
you know, and I try to take that to my company too. Don't micromanage people. If it's working, don't fuck with it. Right? Thanks, Jim. <laughs> and, and it was, How about it? Shut the fuck up now. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a glass of that if Jesus there's some, some around, would you? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think that, um, you know, like I said earlier, if you, you're going to, especially in a big place like this, we're going to come a lot of, come upon a lot of big incidents, you know, a lot of really shitty situations. And you're going to have young kids and who shouldn't be placed in that environment, who shouldn't have that thrust upon them. And you're going to see them and you're going to, and, 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 and you're going to look at him and you're going, he's got it. He knows what he's doing. Let him be. And one of my things, one of my things always has always been, if you got it, you have it. And, if you, and I'll stand right next to you and I'll help you. I'll, I'll, I'll suggest, cause that's what, that's what Mark Levison did to me. That's what Bill Boyle did to me. That's what Cliff Boyce did to me, the best chiefs that I have ever worked with, you know. That's what Ray Roscoe did. And so when when you see somebody and they and they're grasping a really shitty situation, you know and and so you give them whatever help they need, you let them run. And um and then be there for them at the end to say, "Man, that was an awesome job." That was an awesome job. And then down the road, say, you know what, maybe, you know, if you had some suggestions, go, hey, let's, you know, you and me have a little conversation about this. Um, you know, the other thing is as a boss, as an EMS boss, and what I always tried to tell the chiefs is that, you know, yeah, you're a paramedic. And, yeah, they put, they put the shiny bugles on your collar and all that other stuff. But you're going to drive up on that scene, and you're going to start telling this Vince, how to treat a patient. And then you're going to go on your merry way and go back to your firehouse and have your nice hot dinner. And he's going to stay out there in the streets. And he's going to stay out there and he's going to keep getting his ass kicked. But he's going to keep helping patients. And he's going to be caring and he's going to, he's going to work his ass off. And he's going to do what he's supposed to do. Don't tell him how to take a patient to the hospital. Just because they put bugles on your collar, that doesn't mean... You know more than Vince does about how to take somebody to the hospital. The Vince's hypothetical name, right, <laughs> right. Um, like and like Ray Roscoe said, man, if people dial people dial nine one one. They never called for some asshole with bugles on his collar to show up. <laughs> they want that guy in the blue shirt, that girl with the blue shirt. That's going to go to work. Coming in and, and to take care of their family member, yeah. and, and it's so true, man. Just don't don't believe the hype. You know, you're you're absolutely blessed to have the 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 job that you have now. You know, your job is now. You have ten ambulances today. Your job is to have is to allow those ten ambulances to have the best day they can have. However, you have to do that. You know, if they have to get a meal in the middle of the day, if they have to get a shower in the middle, you know what I mean. Whatever it is, if they, you know, if they somebody puked on them and and now they're they can't get back to the firehouse, and that's what you're there for. You know, and and when they have that horrific run, that run that none of us ever want to see, we know. And, and I mean, how many thousands of phone calls have I heard about a kid or a parent or somebody? You know, that's what you're there for. You're there to help them get through that, and help them to not be devastated for the rest of their life. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I can, you know, I can sit here. 
I don't think you and I would have been friends had it not been like I was just blown away by you know here you are you know you're you're my boss's boss and it, I was able to talk to you just like you were sitting next to me in the rig yeah you know and that that, that it was it's comforting to know that I don't have to be afraid of you know messing up or whatever if I did something you know if, if I did if I messed something up I could go to you and be like you know chief I this went bad yeah and you and I can talk yeah you know I I, I wasn't afraid to bring anything to you yeah you know when I when I realized it is when I went north because when I went south or when I was south everybody knew me you know I was there I was on the ambulance there as a field officer there and I got promoted there and you know but when I came north, nobody knew me. Everybody was looking at me like, who's this asshole? You know, with this starch white shirt on and all that stuff, you know. And, um, and, and flip-flops I, and, and, and shorts. I, and where did I go? You know, I go to the west side. I go to, I go to 44 and, I, and, and, you know, it's the heart of the west side where all these kids are working so hard every single day. And uh, I finally, I, was, I, I made a couple of friends and I was just like, listen, this is the deal. If you step in shit, come here. You get in trouble, come here. We'll figure it out. Well, you know, you, you may have to take a hit. You may have to take, you know, you may have to take a hammer, and I'll be the one giving you that hammer. But if you step in shit, come here, and we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out, and we'll do what's right. And and it, it was because I was able to come into a new situation. It was cool to be able to express that that when you step in shit, come here. This is not. This is not your. This is you know. I'm not the enemy. We're not the enemy. Because I remember, man. You know, I remember those. I remember firemen at 70, 75th and uh, Kingston. A fireman throwing a, a kid, a smoldering child, into my arms like it like it was a softball because he couldn't wait to get that child out of his hands. I mean, and the devastating effect that has on you as a medic, as a person. You know, and you and you have to you. You're fortunate enough to go home in the morning and see your child, to see your kid in a cradle, you know. And I remember the, the devastating effect that this job can have on all of us. Um, and I don't know why that is. I just do. It just, uh, I was really lucky that way. The best bosses don't forget where they came from. They don't forget. How do you, how do you handle your new guys that, that come to you? Oh, geez. Where I'm at, where I'm at I just make sure everybody knows their job. And I just do mine, and that's it. So everything kind of just happens around me. That's it. The one thing that I ask, it's hands off. The it's, one thing that I've been asking all of our guests is, is day one, on the or in the academy on day one on the job, whatever it may be, if you could tell a new firefighter something, whatever it may be, and it doesn't even have to be a Chicago firefighter, just a firefighter anywhere in the country, what would you tell them? to make them more successful or uh, whatever it may be. Put your head on a swivel. Huh. I was going to say open your eyes. Yes. Man. Put your head awesome on a swivel job. and see what needs to be done. And if you see something that needs to be done, do it. Don't ask somebody if it needs to be done. If you see it needs to be done, just do it. And nobody will ever, will ever say, hey, why'd you do that? People would get like, they would, they would go, hey, thanks for doing that for me. Appreciate it. Because if you see it and it needs, and if you see it as something that needs to be taken care of, somebody else does too. And sometimes 
the way the way the city the way the, the fire department is, guys will wait to see if you see it. And if you don't see it, well then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna wear it for a long time. But if you see it right away, take care of it and they'll be like, Well, this guy's got it. You know, he knows he knows he knows what this is about. That's exactly what I think. I think if you if you see something that needs to be done, just get done just get down there and do it. No matter what it is. You talk about dishes, and, and, right? And day one, <laughs> the dishes, dishes <laughs> toilets, you know, anything, I, anything, you know, you know the important set stuff. the it's table, gonna be, gonna be plenty of guys scrub out, that. wash the rig, <laughs> you know, check out the, you know, check out your your rig, make sure your all your stuff works. Hmm. You know, it's like nothing worse than like than like going to work. I mean, it's I mean, I've, I've heard stories and I've talked to guys and they're like, like, oh yeah, I I, I do my inventory at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm like. I'm like, so, so what do you do? So let's see, you get in, you get in at six. I go, what do you do for two hours? I work what, out. What, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I put on my makeup. Uh, you know, it's like, you're like, Hey, listen, I go, what if you get a run at six Oh five? How do you know your stuff is going to work for you? How do you know your SCBA is going to be, uh, is going to, it's going to be spot on and you're going to have enough air to get yourself through a fire. How do you know? You don't know. You got to do this stuff right away. You know, make sure you're ready to go, you know, cause you never know when that bell's going to go off and you got to go someplace and do something. And, and same thing, Jimmy, you got a group of a, a aspiring chief. paramedic chief. Sorry. <laughs> no, you can <laughs> Fuck off. Steve's getting the finger. Fuck <laughs> off. Jeremy, get this fuck off, everybody. Just, just so everyone knows, Jim said I had to call him chief yeah. for the turn. No, that's such a bunch of bullshit. That's because Corey was fucking late. He didn't bring any beer. Yeah. Yeah. The Italian guy. Yeah, you know, what, uh, right, the guy so the question. The question, Steve. Hey, wait on the what's Italian guy. Yeah, no, hold on. Yeah, no, oh. Hey, yo. Hey, Shut uh, up late. Yo. Didn't bring anything. Is there a question in uh, here somewhere or what? <laughs> no, Who's got a <laughs> you got a group of uh, aspiring paramedics or day one on the job paramedics. What are you gonna What are you gonna say to them? Uh, not not as the boss, but just as an, as another paramedic. Yeah, you, you know what I, I like, and and it was it, again, it was um, counter to um, what they were probably told in the academy. Is, is I, I I would say, listen, see that. See that rocker on your collar there, or on your on your uh, shoulder? See, see underneath there, it says paramedic. Now you're going to work with some people who are going to make decisions that you might not agree with, and I would I'd say you're a paramedic just like they are. Hold true to that. Absolutely. Keep you you have to be a paramedic, and you have to you can't allow other people to make bad decisions that are going to hurt a patient. And I know it's hard. And and that that's also part of my my speech is that I know it's hard. I know it's hard to go up against an officer, especially a strong spirited officer. It is hard. But you are a paramedic, and in in the state's eye, you're a paramedic, and you you need to kind of you need to have some. You need to have some nuts and say, "Listen, you're, what you're doing here is wrong. We can't do that." But be- nobody teaches that. Because but, because but when it comes truth. down to it, you're both accountable. You're both accountable. Absolutely. And how we. The whole thing is, I mean, it's so convoluted to me anyway, because they, we, we discount the um, credibility of a brand new paramedic, you know? And you bring a, you bring a, you bring a, a military medic in here who's got oh, more training Jesus. Yeah. than yeah. 
anybody Absolutely. anybody on the street he's he's doing shit that you never did right and he and you you want him to kiss your ass because i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm a pic I'm, I'm, <laughs> because i signed right. my name on a list you know yeah, right, right. six months ago yeah. because i didn't like working yeah. with danny but, anymore but, but yeah but so what now did you I'm do before officer. you get out of the job nobody, well, I, nobody I ever like not i was working a corpsman in iraq and afghanistan oh well you should get some time on like, exactly yeah, right, exactly exactly you know, like our, our like when our guys when so the generation before me came back from Vietnam, so they were all kind of getting ready to retire and stuff when I was coming on and or when I was young and and uh, they all they got treated like shit when they came out of the fire department. They had to get all new training. They got none of that stuff mattered what they did in they, Vietnam. Right? They, they we had a guy that we're still friends with. In fact, he's a, a lieutenant in the suburbs uh, and a nurse. But he was an army medic, and he had to go to, through paramedic yep. school yeah. all over again. Crazy. All over again. And the, the guy is probably one of the smartest people yeah. I know. Yeah, no, me, I mean, me and Steve are, you know, we're drunk and dickhead 20-year-olds. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're like, you know, <laughs> what would you do last weekend? Yeah. Oh, this. Yeah. And, and we'd be talking to this guy. He'd be like, yeah, man, um, so I still got a ringing in my ear. From the last time I got blown up and three of my buddies died, and we're like, oh, oh yeah. so are we going out tonight? Yeah. We're drinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know. And, yeah. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. You guys doing chest tubes and in, in a yeah. fucking desert in Iraq. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and we're, like, you know. They're working hey. without the tools that we've got, but they're able to do the same job. You're right. And, you, but and, you, and you're absolutely right, because when I came on, we didn't have QRBs. Well, we, I mean, we had some sort of bag system thing. You had the tackle box. Nobody carried it. We all had, we all had military yeah. green, like shoulder packs and stuff. And we just stuffed with whatever you, whatever you thought was <laughs> whatever cool. you needed. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, but whatever, you'd have, whatever you'd have you figured you Narcan needed. Narcan D fifty, whatever could make you help you walk a patient down the jam. <laughs> That's right. You have to carry the motherfucker. Like, whatever, Airway, got a, whatever you had breathing. a mobile. Can you walk to the ambulance? <laughs> All right. Maybe, maybe, maybe two OB clamps, and you use your knife, <laughs> yeah, right. and then you come out. All right, all right. Pull your pants up. We're walking down the stairs, Jeremy. We're gonna have to scratch this. <laughs> Don't you dare, Jeremy. Don't you dare scratch that. That's gold, baby. Oh, so, it's the truth. So, any last words? And wait well, a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what time is it? It's last no, words. No. Right. Go, go ahead. So, start firing them off. All right. Uh, uh, Chief, I heard you enjoy picnics where there's no food, but there is an abundance of sangria. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Who asked that question? First of all, can you can you figure out who asked the question? Yeah. Yes, of course yes. I can. <laughs> and this is can you confirm that this is a truthful statement? It's a totally truthful statement. Okay. <laughs> I brought I brought the, the I brought the sangria, and Katie forgot all the oh, all the picnic foods. <laughs> Yeah, we went to we went to a concert and she was like, "I forgot all the food." I'm like, "Well, here's all the sangria," and they and they all got hammered. Yeah, I remember a, that. a bunch of young uh, aspiring paramedics. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, Katie's oh, sure one. Of, Katie's a PSP. Yes, stalwart. Stalwart. Yeah. Yeah. What else? In the That's alarm it. office. Did you? Oh, did you want? Oh, that was her question. That's right. What uh, you want to tell the firewood story? We kind of went into that story before these guys showed up, but I think it's worth watching. Oh, hey, hold on. Okay. It's a good tavern story. Yeah, I want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> so a friend, uh, so 
So I'm working with this guy. Name names. This, this name guy. Names. So Billy was a, just a great guy. He didn't last on the fire department too long. He's, he's, he's kind of a troubled soul, but he was a great guy and a great partner. We had so much fun together. So anyway, he had this place up in Wisconsin, and um, he shows up at my firehouse one day on, on, on 38, and he says, I, uh, I got to get some firewood. I'm going up to the cottage tomorrow. I got a bonfire. I'm like, well, they got their, the city chops up all the trees and stores them and, and, and uh, slices them up into firewood at 71st and Dorchester. So he's like, we got to go over there and fill this and, and fill this fucking thing up. And so... Sure enough, we go over to 71st in Dorchester, and he he buys all this firewood, and he proceeds to, or we proceed to fill the ambulance completely from the floor almost to the ceiling in the back. And then, you know, being that, you know, you're working in the inner city, you know, and, you know, you're busy and all this stuff, we, sure enough, we get a call as soon as we get that thing filled <laughs> up with firewood. <laughs> And we and it's not just a short of breath or anything; it's a freaking stabbing, and it's right down the street. So off we go, <laughs> and uh, we get this this guy stabbed in the chest or wherever he's stabbed, and uh, we're like, I'm like, now what are we gonna do, Bill? And he's like, Well, we gotta treat our patient, so we give him the IV and all that stuff, and and we so five minutes later we roll into University of Chicago, the trauma center, and the you know the center, you know. Oh, you know, yeah. blah blah blah, and every every especially then everybody was scared to death of University of Chicago, and uh, we go rolling in there, and my partner's nowhere to be found, but the patient sitting in the passenger seat holding <laughs> on to his IV <laughs> <laughs> as we roll into. The, so then I jump out real quick like I care, you know, and I, I go like run inside, grab like a stretcher. Care. <laughs> <laughs> And we put him. I put the poor guy. Me and the nurses. We put the guy in the stretcher. And they're like, they're like, where's Bill? Where the hell's Bill? And, and finally, as we're as we're rolling the guy in, I open the back doors of the ambulance, and there's Bill laying on top of the stack of wood with nothing but his face sticking out of the very top of the doors, because the whole freaking ambulance is filled with firewood, <laughs> and he just waves. He's waving at the nurse. He's like, hi. He's got sawdust. Oh, that's great. He said he had a good bonfire, though. Well, I'm sure bet. he did. <laughs> but it was I, worth I, it. I yeah. yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. And what else you got on there? Those were the two? Those that's were the two? it. All right. Did you have no, fun? Nobody has questions for me. I, I think we asked you a thousand questions. Yeah, but I, Dan, what color is your underwear? I think it's blue. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I don't know what it is. Because <laughs> I'm not wearing it. Thank so, you. Uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming out. Salute. Really it appreciate fun. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Cheers, Absolutely. Dan, awesome. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. It was really Be great, Be safe guys. out there, brothers. Thanks very much. Thank you, boys. Hey, guys, if you're a first responder or you know a first responder that has a story to tell, we'd love to hear it. Please reach out to us at Chicago's Bravest Stories on Facebook or Instagram. We'd also like to thank the Missing Chums for their musical contribution to the podcast with the song, Yes, You May. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can download this episode on iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and TuneIn. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. It's Steve here. I'd like to talk to you about another awesome company that helps bring the podcast to you free of charge. Chicagoland CPR. 
It's a first responder owned and operated CPR company. As a first responder myself, I can't express to you enough how important CPR training is for everybody in the community. They offer real customizable world-class education for all their clients. They have a combined 30 plus years of field experience as fire service and EMS educators throughout the Chicagoland area. Chicagoland CPR is extremely focused on providing real-world, no-fluff education, and the main focus is on organization, an engaged classroom, working with students to completely understand the material, getting your uh, certificates out on time, and most importantly, coming to your facility. They offer a wide variety of American Heart Association classes, CPR, first aid, AED, ACLS, PALS, and a full complement of Star Guard Elite, Lifeguard, and Aquatic Safety classes. Our clients include nursing homes, hospitals, long-term care facilities, fire departments, schools, park districts, coaching staff, and many other groups throughout the communities. If you're interested in hosting a class at your facility for your employees, or you have any questions about services and pricing, contact Chicagoland CPR. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, the World Wide Web. I can't express to you, again, how important CPR and first aid training is. They want to hear from you soon. Give them a call. Find them. Let's set you up a class to help save some lives. Also sponsored by Chicagoland Event Medical Services, we are a first responder, owned and operated first aid and emergency medical service provider. Our mission is to protect the lives and well-being of event patrons all over the state of Illinois by providing professional and experienced career EMS practitioners in an event setting. Our services are completely customizable to the needs of our customers. Our business was born out of a necessity to provide competent health care providers to both large and small events. We do this by bringing firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, nurses, lifeguards, first aid tents. We also customize your own site safety and emergency response plan, and that information will always be available to your staff. We pride ourselves on providing the best patient care possible to your events.